This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What up, everybody? Welcome back to The 20 Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. Thank you, thank you. What is going on, Beat Sorcerers? Welcome back. Our show is brought to you by BeatSource, the music streaming service for DJs that play everything. BeatSource has got all the music you could need for every gig. We got all the expertly curated playlists, songs no other record pools have, custom edits, so much more. Visit BeatSource.com for a free 30-day trial or use the code THE20 to bump it up to a 60-day trial. Plus, we've been on Twitch. Uh, check out Friday's Kid Spin has been on there making edits. And actually, I love his show. It's been super educational and really dope. So shout out to BeatSource and the whole team over there. Thank you for letting us do this. Uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Help us go up the charts. Um, and we are available on all platforms. If you want to watch us on YouTube, you want to check us on Spotify or you listen to uh, Google Podcasts. I don't know who you are, but uh, more power to you. Uh, you could actually peep it on there. Stitcher. Come on. You're one of those people. Um, yo, um, you guys, today, it's a special day. It's, it's something that we're doing for the first time. Today, for the first time, we've got a returning guest. That's right. We've never had that before. We've always had for the first time. But now, we've got a returning guest. We've had this person on two years ago. So a lot has happened since then, uh, including a pandemic. You may have heard of that. A lot of major shifts in the culture. So many things have happened. People have passed away, unfortunately. Um, a lot has gone on. So we discuss all that stuff. We talk about what he's been up to for the past two years, his new management, his uh, residency at Zook Las Vegas, switching from Serato to Rekordbox, new music he's produced, and so much more. We just get deep into the weeds of this DJ shit, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, and, you know, although this guest is not maybe as old as some of the other OGs in the game, he has been there since the start. He has many experiences and stories from the DJ AM days and beyond. Uh, you will hear it in this episode. He's one of the top open format DJs in the game and, you know, one of my favorites. Uh, he does one of the most, one of the most, I mean, some of the most high profile nightclubs, private events and beyond in the game. And now he's DJing and curating the music at one of LA's most exclusive clubs, Off Sunset. And you get to hear a little info about that in there so i'm so happy i got to sit down with him again and have him on the show and catch up with him hear what he's been doing and hear what he had been doing the past couple years i think you guys are going to get a lot out of this interview so please welcome to the show dj politic for the first time in our entire existence as a podcast We've got a second time guest on the show. Oh, I didn't realize I'm the first second guest. Wow. You're, you're the honored. first second guest. I'm honored. Yes. I mean, we've been talking for a while. I was saying we need to bring some of the guests back. Like we, so much has changed, but also just people have been doing new things. You know, even if we hadn't had the whole COVID pandemic thing, um, I want to start bringing people back. So you're the second one. I thought it was wow, I'm, only I'm right. Yeah, I mean, you're the first one to be the second right. <laughs> guest. That's what it is. Uh, I mean, it's a completely different world. Yes, than it but was DJ Politic. I don't even if I even said your name yet. Oh yeah, so of course. Give Thank it up, you. everybody. Here we go. Applause going on. Um, yeah. So welcome back. Um, yeah, I got a, an alert in my phone last month in February that said two years ago today, and it was me and you. It, yeah, you sent me the that. The Beat yeah. Source office, and I'm like. 
holy shit. Like, we've been through so much since that date. It's crazy, actually, like, like looking back. But it also kind of feels like time is just, like, it's you know. It's, like, warped, yeah. in, right? In this weird way where it's it's almost like an era. It's, like, a lifetime ago, and it's also five minutes ago. It's yeah, like so I was weird. actually, I was at the Laker game last night, and talking to my friend and we Lakers won the championship a year, only a year and a half ago. <laughs> right. But it was like the 2020 season yeah. and it feels like a lifetime. Ago. It really it's does. crazy. But I mean, that's because of how they're playing and stuff. Yeah. They're I guess, playing awful. They're playing. My awful. son just like, can't stop talking about Russell Westbrook like oh, the whole time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we'll watch the game subject. and he's like, don't pass it to Russell Westbrook, whatever you yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and a, he's nine years old. I'm like, okay, you're yeah, right. Like, I've been a season ticket holder finally for like a few years. Yeah. And I was on the waiting list for basically like 10 years or something. <laughs> right. You know, like they, I never could get tickets. That's and then nuts. Kobe retired and I finally got tickets. Yeah. And I've just been getting like reamed on my tickets i can't make any money off of them i can't even sell them for face value and Nobody how crazy is that because last year you were almost it's almost guaranteed if you get season tickets you'd be able to resell some yeah, of the games well, I mean, and it's now kind it's of just, like an investment i was normally. gonna say it's like a stock that's just you're watching yeah, go down and it's, it's horrible but i don't know hopefully they'll figure something out you know? yes yeah oh, i mean they'll get brawny to come on the team or something yeah, exactly <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so we've been through a lot. I was, I actually was trying to remember what we talked about on the last podcast and I couldn't remember all of it. And so I went back, I listened to some of it and two years ago we used to play songs in the beginning of the podcast and we would go through it. And so I was going through and I'm like, last time we spoke, it was pre COVID. We didn't even talk about it. We barely knew anything about it. We listened to a pop smoke song. Uh, I think welcome to the party or something oh and me God. and you went over he was still it alive. and you he was still alive oh my God. so we talked it was just very casual talking about like yo pop smoke does this and that like this he's this guy and you were talking about like you know the production sounds so futuristic and it was so weird to listen to that you know it's so crazy to think again like how yeah. much has changed in that two years because I thought pop was he was such a fresh air for hip-hop you know? You know and you look at hip-hop now I mean if you look at like all the billboard charts and everything hip hop isn't charting like it was no pre pandemic, right. You know, which we could get into, I have some theories on why that is. And we could talk about that, but yeah, but pop smoke was really the most exciting hip hop yeah. artist in a while. I know, you know, and just like that. And that whole sound kind I mean, of died probably one it's month weird. after we recorded was, I think when he was killed or something, I'm not sure, but it was not yeah. too long after it, it wasn't too long. after. I remember it was right when the pandemic, started yeah, i think yeah it, was, was it in, wasn't too long after it was actually right next door my, my buddy's parents live on mount olympus right next door i was gonna say door. it was like right by where i live yeah. i drive by that place all yeah, the time right on mount next olympus. door to um to my parents my, my friend's parents place right and it's crazy there's actually an la times article that came out like a few months ago that yeah. talks about how they caught the the killers right and like the way that they caught them it's a crazy article if, if anyone hasn't read it yeah just google pop smoke la times killers okay. and the way that they caught them it's like some crazy james bond shit oh my god they were like using the cell phone towers and the security cameras of the neighbors right. and they tra traced like where the cell phone was coming from and then oh they got someone to like rat on the killers in jail they were they they uh they like um bugged a jail cell and like got someone to admit that they wow. did it wild but yeah that's how they got him 
That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. No, I've never read that. I gotta, yeah. I gotta check it. Yeah. But yeah, the fact. I mean, I remember that when that went down and listening back to the podcast, we were kind of like, "This is dope," you know. Like, it's hard to mix in in the club. Like, we were. Ta- it was just so weird to listen to, you know, pre-COVID, pre-pop smoke dying. Uh, the sunset at the addition had just opened because we were mm-hmm. talking about going there, which yep. it just reopened. Like yep. I guess this week we just got a text Two years message. later. Um, we were talking about Kanye. It was before, you know, not that he hasn't always been a certain way, but he was in no way what has happened in the past couple of years, you know, and like the way we were talking about him, then you were just talking about how like used to love his production and it was just such a different conversation, you know? So coming back two years later, um, it's crazy. And I just finally got to see you DJ probably for the first time in a couple of years, um, a few weeks ago, like right. for that Super Bowl party, went to this Don Julio 1942 party and it was politic, Mark Ronson, and then some surprise performances from Inspect the Deck and Mastakilla, yep. which was so cool. Definitely like, yeah. wait, what's happening? Oh, this is incredible. I'm, you know, he's like starts, I bomb atomically. And we're like, oh my God. This yeah, is that was like a real treat for me because he's really one of my heroes, Mark and obviously oh, yeah. Wu-Tang. Right. Um, but like all these years we had actually never met in person. Yeah, that's crazy. Which was so crazy. But also like I never really wanted to force or like make like a effort to do it because yeah. i just like shit to happen naturally of course but i grew up i mean we grew up with samantha with his little sister yeah and i like finally met him and got to chop it up with him and it was so cool because i like walked into his trailer and he was you know wow i can't believe we never met great to finally meet you yeah. like what do i play tonight i don't even know like what to play tonight i'm so out of the loop with that's like, what he's saying yeah with, with like <laughs> what's good in the clubs like you're probably djing a couple times a week in la like i used to in new york and i'm like actually you know, I'm only playing at one place now. Right. Um, I'm curating all the music at uh, Off Sunset, which Dope. is the old Hyde space. Nice. The OG Hyde before right. it became SB. Right. And, yeah, I've heard really yeah. good things about it. I mean, yeah. and you're not allowed to like take pictures yeah, and no, all that. So no I've never media, seen no anything from it. Yeah, we would. We, we got to get you in there, by the yeah, way. Yeah, because you to. would totally understand like I, whole vibe. Yeah, I got to come when you're a DJ. Maybe this weekend if you're there. Yeah, I'm um, there Friday. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, like. I told him, listen, all I've been playing recently, like since things started to open back up, is yeah. like what you were playing probably in like 2005. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's been so nostalgic. DJing and what crowds want to hear has been yep. so nostalgic since we kind of started to really open. Yeah, I feel like true. 2021, we kind of opened, the world kind of opened, but yeah. then it was like, this variant, then that variant. Right. Really only Florida, I think, stayed open the whole time. No, like, Florida and Texas yeah. probably, yeah. And, you know, everywhere else it was kind of wishy-washy. Even Vegas, I think, was not really, yeah. didn't really feel like Vegas. No. But now things are just, like, back. Like, I really feel like, especially right. in L.A. too, like, I feel like things I are, feel like that night, literally, that I saw you was, like, yeah. the kickoff. Like, Super Bowl weekend in L.A. Yeah, was massive. like, okay, masks are coming off. Parties are happening. Some of the restrictions are being ignored or yep. whatever it is. Like, at this point, let's get back to normal, you know, or, or what? not normal, but let's get back Semi-normal. to, like, life, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but that so, was yeah. super cool, like, him just being so humble and you know yeah, totally. like he's in such a different mind space now being the super producer guy that he is right um but like obviously still has that like djing foundation and loves yeah. to talk about it and I, I actually i tweeted a part of a podcast he did a podcast with pharrell and 
Scott Venner. Yeah. Um, uh, other tone. Other tone. Yeah. And he just breaks down sort of like how DJing was so important to him developing as a producer. Yeah. And I just like shared that one clip on my Twitter and he like followed me and retweeted it. Oh, and I thought that was really cool because like at the, at the point he's at in his career, he doesn't need to care about DJing and like all, all this stuff, but right. he does respect the fact that like, that's where he comes from. Yeah. Like, like we do, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're like aspiring producers for the most part. Most DJs want to start producing and stuff. So yeah. hearing someone at that level, I mean, he's won Grammy record song of the year. He's literally crazy at yeah. the mountaintops of not just DJing, but like all of music, you know yeah. what I mean? And him just still like being appreciative and sensitive to like DJ culture is really cool. I think, yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't forget that. And I mean, just from my interactions with him too, like I definitely learned, um, the lesson of it doesn't matter how big you are, or how much you've accomplished, you will always have that feeling of like, Oh God, I don't know what I'm doing or something. You know, like, cause I remember seeing when seeing him right after he got chosen just to be the like house band for the VMAs or something. And right. I was like, I can't believe this. I feel like my mom called and made them, you know, yeah. make, let me do this. And then when he did Uptown Funk and I'm like, oh my God, you're killing it. You know, I saw him somewhere in Vegas and said like, it's so huge. And he's like, all I'm thinking is like, what's next? How do I follow this up? And it's like, you're that yeah. stressed out that you've had such a huge, uh, yeah. And that hit. there's a crazy story behind that record. He worked on it for like a long time. I want to say like, a year and a half or two years like yeah. on one song wow. you know like insane amount of revisions and mixing and i want to say i read somewhere that he was like locking himself in the studio for like days at a time that's crazy you know like people worried about him like, yeah but you know that song but that went song on, is so. the ultimate sort of ode to djing because that's all the recognizable things it's a masterpiece you know and it got original. all its flowers that it deserved and yeah. like i always say i'm like as a dj producer i mean as a producer in general like if you make a song that somehow becomes like a staple at like weddings and like yes. bar mitzvahs right. and like these types of life events where like people all come together and like love it. Yeah. That's like the pinnacle. It's like that's true. like you made a classic. You're yeah. going down in the history books forever, you know? Yes. And that's like, that's really ultimately the goal. Yeah. And that's the kind of work it takes, you know, like a year and a half working on one song. It's right. Crazy. And I don't know if he was the first DJ to play at Super Bowl, but don't forget he, he performed that at True, Super Bowl. He did. He remember? Did he was yeah, up there yeah, with yeah. turntables yep. scratching. I remember being like, this is nuts. Yep. So yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw, I remember I saw a clip of it recently and then I'm like, cause the, you know, d the Dr. Dre show was so yep. incredible. Yep. And then I watched that back to Mark Ronson. I'm like, Oh wow. I forgot. That's so crazy. Yeah. And, um, the, the series he did on Apple too, on um, Apple TV. Yeah, watch so the good. sound. I think so it's called. Good. So, oh good. my god, so good. It's like, yeah, he's it, been putting in work, and he has a podcast his own now on the Fader uh, that he does. Yeah, I listen to it every people. now and so then. Yeah, he's uh he's doing all of it. <laughs> but seeing him that night was fun, and and actually hearing that he was talking to you about that um what to play. I mean, I remember one of the first times I met him. And I opened for him at LAX for a BPM party. Uh, this is before the next on the decks? This is, I won next on the decks, that, like two days before. And then that Thursday or Wednesday, I they go be at LAX, DJ AM's club, and you're going to open for Mark Ronson. What year was that? 2006, I want to say. So I was 
17 <laughs> or 18 maybe probably yeah, so i remember like matt colin was like through the bpm yeah. parties and was like uh, we're doing the party on Wednesday at LAX at AM's club. You're going to open for Mark Ronson. You won the contest. I'm like, what? This is crazy. So I remember I go and I open for him kind of similar, you know, to your, I want to say I, I must've like been there. Cause I was there like every week. Right. And Possibly, I was yeah, yeah. with a fake ID, just like sneaking in. That's Cause amazing. I was already kind of in the mix with, with Dexter, with, right. with LV and, and all of them. And I was just like sneaking in yeah. to LAX. This was even pre Dexter, I think. Yeah. Like I had just met AM and LV recently. And then, and then AM was like, oh shit, you're DJing at my club. And I'm like, yeah, I won this contest. And yeah. like, it was like all this weird coming together. But I remember right before, or right before Mark went on, he came in the booth and he was like, I've been hearing you DJ. How do you have all these custom edits and mashups and mm. how do you even have time for this? And I was like, I've been trying to get booked. I, I have no gigs right now. You know what I mean? I DJ yeah. in like a bar. So all I have time is to make these edits right. and stuff, you know, but it was the same kind of thing. Like I'm trying to figure out what to play and, yeah. you know, but he killed it that night, uh, the 1942 thing a couple weeks ago. Like, you know, he did his classic mixes like gin and juice like they ain't leaving till six in the morning and then boom into uchi yeah. wally with yeah, the nas yeah. and then everything worked he played his own he played uwi he played all his own shit he was playing all his yeah. like classic mixes him, him and play. am are like yin and yang like totally. like am is like i think it's like diplo calls him like the iron man of djing <laughs> you know like yeah he's just like can do anything yeah and like it's so technical and this and mark is kind of just like has the best taste and like we'll just have these subtle little transitions and pick these these songs and yeah make these like moments it's like more new york in a way yeah totally you know? but they're just like both so equally important in like the realm of of djing you yeah. know what i mean like you you don't have to be a turntablist yeah to be an incredible dj and exactly. he's like the he's like the epitome of that you know yeah i agree yeah. it was like i told you i think a story that night at the um party of when i Right after that LAX thing, I went and opened for them in Miami at Mansion for Winter Music Conference, and it turned out to be DJ AM versus Mark Ronson, and I went on before them, but then getting to watch them both play, I saw exactly what you're saying, you know, and watching AM do the mashups and the West Coast style and the scratching and all of that, and then I remember thinking, what is Mark Ronson going to do after this? I, would I wouldn't even know what I would do, and then he got on AM. and did the the dropping and the surprise mixes and the wordplay and the yeah. and the very New York stuff and then reading the crowd and seeing that Timbaland had a table and the Neptunes Pharrell had a table and he did a whole set of all Timbaland and then mm. all Pharrell and you know really worked the crowd like that and just you know I got like a lifetime of DJ education yeah, just that night 100%. and also was able to see the yin and the yang and yeah. how two completely different things can be just as dope yeah. and add so he much. Was, and was definitely more of like the showman yeah. and Mark was more of like the calculated, like assassin. The, I was going to say the calculated like, killer. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, I see who's in this room. Like I'm going to get these, t both of these tables. And he would do that yes. also in New York at all the clubs he would DJ at, like when Puff would be there and yeah. like the whole bad boy crew and then Rockefeller and Jay-Z. Yeah. But like, you know, that's what got him the notoriety, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you have to have the knowledge of music to be able to even do that. You know what I mean? Totally. And on vinyl too. It's like, right. Are you kidding me? You know? I know. Yeah. That was like the transition time of vinyl into yeah. uh, Serato. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that party was super fun. Um, you know, you killed it. Um, Thank you. 
And, uh, you know, I, I got to actually, I hadn't seen you DJ in a minute, but also I hadn't seen you DJ fully on Rekordbox, which mm. is interesting. I think it'll be interesting to the the audience too. Yeah. You know, no computer, you were on CDJ 3000s, uh, what mixer? It was like a... It was a nine, the 900. 900, yeah. And you were just strictly on Rekordbox, but it was a very open format set. I mean, yeah. you were playing everything from Curtis Blow to, I don't know, like Blondie yeah. to... I actually, re I recorded that set. I'm oh, gonna, I'm gonna put it out soon. Okay, yeah. you should. Yeah, I have it. I have it even opened it actually yeah. i've been using this like what task did you cam, record on oh. this like task cam recorder nice i i think there's a way to do it from the mixer yeah you plug it into your phone or something oh yeah but i would trust the task cam more yeah. i, I want to have my phone and it yeah. rings or it goes yeah, exactly. and you're texting your friend or you yeah know, so i've just like been recording sets on there i got to start posting some more of the, these live sets but that was yeah. a really good one yeah, it was um, dope i wanted to record marks too but they had us on two different right setups um, that was I'm the, gonna post that. That one. was the only bad thing about that night was that long ass transition. Uh, transition, yeah. and they put yeah. on uh, like pushing P off a playlist where it was like so much lower volume. So it was like yeah. you were killing it, and you and it was that thing where it was a very hard to get in party. So those type of people aren't necessarily Don't the most patience. enthusiastic. Yeah. Also, they're not the most enthusiastic, like dance sing along crowd. True, like yeah, you got to work. They're so yeah. damn cool that they're at their table and like they're hoping people are yeah. looking at them or whatever. So, you know, you we had, had to a, build the vibe. Yeah, yeah you had to sure. really build the vibe. Yeah. It's not like in the middle of nowhere. So you had done it and you were getting up to that point and it had that like bubbling feeling. Yep. Yep. And, um, then they just put on a playlist and low yeah. volume and they, they got, all got lost. And then, you know, but then Wu-Tang come on and came on. And yeah. Those situations are tricky when like, you know, Mark has a yeah. tour manager that like, you know, yeah. when you get to that level, it's like nobody's, once you do your sound check, like nobody's touching right. your shit. Totally. And I don't blame him for that. And then the Wu-Tang dudes had their own setup. <laughs> of course. And it's like, you know, when you're three different acts, it's just kind of like almost unavoidable unless right. you like, Unless I literally went there and coordinated with the entire yeah. team a week before and somehow figured it out. But like, yeah, it was that still sucks. cool, but it was yeah. like for a flow of the night, it was like, yeah. yo, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, like we care about that yeah. because like, again, we're like seasoned enough to the only people that noticed were DJs like DJ kiss and MOS came in like, what's happening in here? I know, and I was like, yeah. no, nah, I'm like, it's a playlist. Paul politic was killing it. You know, I had to explain to them yeah, what was yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah. But dope night. And so, yeah, so I see you're on record box. So, and then you told me you haven't used a computer to DJ in like yeah. a year or something. So, yeah, what I've been really doing since pandemic, obviously we had a lot of free time on our hands. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm, I've always, I feel like maybe we talked about this in the last podcast, but like I've always been very organized with my music. Right. Um, I, I organize all my music in iTunes. I use... Um, the grouping um category in the id3 tag or whatever okay to like make keywords for certain genres and certain playlists and i have smart playlists that basically have rules so like okay. if i type in rap anthem yeah that and, and the genre has club in it okay it'll go into my like club rap like main crate I get so it. that's how i like build my library so like i was just going through my library like i normally do just cleaning stuff up and you know, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't really need Serato anymore in terms of like organizing and stuff. Like my crates are more organized well enough to start using Rekordbox. Yeah. And then when the 3000s, because I had already been been playing on Rekordbox on the 2000s, like 
just have an SD card in my wallet. And right. if there's like a house party, I would just like hop on. Yeah. But, and I, you told me, we talked about this in the last podcast, the two thousands just weren't fast enough right. to like play in a club environment where like we as open format DJs tend to mix really quickly or yeah. need to find a song really quickly and search right. when you have Serato right there, your computer, you're just like moving so quickly and can yeah. find stuff so, so fast. Yeah. The 2000s just were not allowing me to do that. And then when these new 3000s came out, it was um, night and day. All the features that I wanted in the CDJs, everything. they added everything, you know, from the instant doubles, you know, some people like to scratch more with, you know, their left hand on the platter. And with yeah. the 2000s, you could never switch the song over to the right. left CDJ or right or yeah, vice versa. Yeah, you have to like load it, make sure you can go to the uh, time. It was the time for that, yeah. yeah. So they added that. They added, um, you know, the, the key shift uh, features cool where you could literally yeah. like live remix, load an acapella, change the pitch on the fly, and then put, you know, another song in the same pitch over it. Right. Um, and then the other thing we were just talking about before this, we were messing around on 3000s is... Yeah. On the 2000s, if the first cue point is close to the beginning of the song, you can't like move the CDJ back Yeah, where like you have enough space to kind of cut. It's like you're hitting a wall. Yeah, you're hitting a wall. Yeah. And so they fixed that. So they fixed everything. And, you know, most importantly, they're so fast now. And the yeah. screen is so much bigger that you could see everything and you can scroll and, right. and search quickly and move quickly. So now I'm just yeah. fully, yeah, I'm fully on. Yeah, you can 3000s. type pretty fast. I mean, you were just showing me, like we said, in the other room, we have a V10, Pioneer V10 yep. mixer, which is nuts. We were just trying to yeah. learn all the I mean, features. It's amazing. It's a little overkill for like what we do, but. Yeah. I was saying, yeah. I saw DJ Equal had to open uh, for Pete Tong recently, and they had one with no crossfader. <laughs> yeah, like, that's insane. That's, yeah, I guess that's not a big American DJ thing. But yeah, yeah. we got the V10 and the 3000s, and we were just messing with it, and you were showing me the, the key key lock thing and the um there's just so many features but that yeah having that space in the beginning yeah so it's not actually key lock it's you can shift the key so okay. basically like you have an acapella that's like in f minor right and you're mixing into a song that's in like uh i don't know like c major or something yeah. you can shift the acapella to go to that pitch and match the pitch. So basically you right. can harmonically mix anything. Anything. So it's yeah. like you have Ableton basically right. or you know Serato sample. Yeah. It's like another cool sampler that you know people use to pitch shift stuff. Right. But um it's like you have that at your fingertips. Yeah. So you could do like live uh live remixing basically and then I've seen some people even use it to do build-ups. Right. Like to use it cuz you know as you're you know, turning the pitch up, it's it starts like, to kind of sound like a buildup. Yeah. Um, Especially if you have it looping yeah. or something. Yeah. So just like a lot of cool new features that you could get creative, um, especially with dance music, you know, like with the, the buildups and right. You know, using the loops and, and doing all that kind of stuff. I think it's really like opened up more creativity right. you know, with all that. Yeah. That's what I was saying that like people like us that have been, you know, open format DJs and come from the scratch world and watching people like AM and Mark Ronson. And, you know, we've always implemented that into our sets. It's a little bit different now when you're DJing out at spots because not as many people either can see you or know what you're doing or care that you're scratching. And not that I don't love scratching. I love it, you know, but I do think practicing other techniques can be more useful in these clubs or when you're headlining a massive Vegas club, nobody can see your hands anymore. They don't know what you're doing. And if you yep. do a crazy long scratch solo 
I don't know if it yeah. goes over the same way, but if you figure out creative ways to transition through the songs and harmonically and, and just take them on a journey in a new way and utilize our techniques from then now, it's kind of yeah. like, that's a cool thing yeah, to practice. For sure. And, and overall, you know, those big clubs, like you said, they've evolved so much to where like the clubs are built for big record, like big yeah, drops and I know. Big, these like big buildups and moments and things. And like, a lot of the routines and, and scratches that we would do or like you would really do an AM and guys like that um, were not over. It, it wasn't really over like yeah. that kind of music. It right. was more like hip hop and pop and rock and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just evolved. You know, like the music that's played in clubs has just evolved so much. And if you're not keeping up, like if, if you're not, if you don't have like an edit of whatever the hottest rap song is or yeah. over like a new tech house version or whatever it is. Right. You're just going to lose the crowd, you know? Right. And if, yeah, it's, it's just, it's different now, but yeah. you know, AM and guys that really scratched a lot that made it work. were really kind of like emphasizing it. So like yes. we were talking about it, like AM had his own custom loops, like fat man scoop, AM yeah. fat man scoops. And if you cut all the music off, and just play the acapella and put a beat over it and then start scratching, people are going to notice that. Yeah. So like, that's really the way to do it. If you're going to still do your, your scratch routines and do all that stuff. Right. Um, but again, like he was, he was so good at scratching. Right. Like I can't do those routines, you know what I mean? So like I have to figure out other ways to create those yeah. moments, you know, and um, you know, in a new way. So. Right. And getting feedback from the crowd is part of what makes, DJing fun, you know, so if you're still doing the same shit and it's not working, then it's fun to develop new shit, you know, yeah. and learn and yeah. figure out new ways to, to energize the crowd and then energize yourself and be like, yo, yeah. I never used to do crazy loop build up things. And just like we were experimenting and you, you know, after James hype came on and showed me the trans effect and you can do the tempo change. And I'm like, yeah. I want to learn new shit so I can bust it out at the club comfortably. Yeah. Well, also a lot of DJs I think have started be, before there was like a big divide and like, oh, I'm a rap yeah. and like open format DJ and like, oh, the dance DJs, they're, yes. they're like not real DJs or whatever. But like, right. that's such a like ignorant, small minded um, perspective on it because yeah. like DJing in Europe, like DJ culture in Europe and like around the world mm -hmm. is like so much more advanced and like like not advanced but like it's been so much more part of their culture yeah. than it has here you know like in the uk it's like djs have been superstars for way longer than they've been here you know yeah and that is you know djing dance music and house music is a whole different art form you know right in terms yeah. of like the blending and the effects and the way that they you know mix it's just so different and if you can incorporate some of that as like an open format DJ into your sets, it's almost just like you're doing your homework in a way, especially yes. if you're playing in a big room yeah. where there's like, you know, you have all, you have the sound system, you have the lighting, you have all the production to like make cool moments during a buildup or like do like live, yeah. you know, like blends and stuff like that. Um, that, that's just like, I think where it's, where it's gone is like, yeah you have to sort of like incorporate those techniques that the dance DJs are doing yeah, um, because they're great techniques. And totally. You know, yeah. And, and it's like you said, things are experience based now. I mean, they always have been, but now more than ever, like, you know, when I'm in Vegas, like I'm just going to start with 
in a big room, like with the biggest possible song ever, you know, because yeah. they're going to spray cryo and confetti and all that shit's louder than the music anyway. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. just have some bit, you know, they got flags going and girls dancing and guys jumping on and stilts yep. and you just want to give them, it's like a circus at that point. You want to give them the experience, you know, and then after a little bit, okay, they want the sing along songs and all that stuff, but you're creating this massive experience, yep. you know, and you got to be on the mic and telling them what to do. And, you know, we never used to have to do all that. So yeah, and yeah, I, I use, I've really started to use a lot more, effects and cool little just like adding spice into certain parts of records you know what i yeah. mean like and it took time to really kind of figure out like because you don't want to overdo it either just like with scratching you don't want right. to overdo it but it's it, it, it's cool i think it really does it makes your sets more dynamic you know what right. i mean and like it's all about dynamics in music to me because yeah. otherwise like people just get bored even when you're making it's songs, true, you it's know? true. I mean, that's why, as much as people don't like it, why EDM or whatever you call it, like works because it has the just the very basics of the dynamics of drop out, come back. You know, it's yep. just like up, down, up, down. Other music is more complex like that. And as open format DJs, we have multiple genres to create those up downs, and so mm -hmm. people are that are good at it. But also, we've been trained. No offense to the record pools, you know, out there, yeah. but with the advent of intros we've been trained in a way to be like four bar, eight bar intro. And I will mix the intro and every song has to have an intro. And we forgot that when I was on records, I had, there was no intro unless I got like yep. a couple, like a random 12 yeah. inch that made an intro and pressed it. But I had to figure out how to mix the record in, which brought in the dynamics with the crowd and the up and down and the stuff and whether yeah. I had to use the mic or the reverb or an echo or whatever I'm doing. And so People, you know, I've been trying a lot more when I play hip hop now to use the original versions oh, I when I can. Intros for, yeah, for sometimes it's especially. good if I want something, but yeah. I noticed that sometimes my uh, like trap hip hop sets were a bit stagnant, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized, oh, I'm just playing the intro into the song, and it's yeah. too smooth for the crowd. Like everything sounds the same already so they're getting to the point where like it's just the same thing over and over yeah you know yeah it, i mean that's again about the dynamic like dynamics in a set like yeah. i use some intros too of course but like yeah yeah i mean for the most part i really try and play like the original versions right find a part in the song i'm mixing out of that yeah just it just gives you a different feeling um, like if you play the intro version of yg uh uh, the one with like the crazy synth intro, like BPT or whatever oh, it is. Yeah. Like the intro version is just, it has, it's so different. Instead, like yeah. I was, I was in Vegas and I was like, boom, echo out a reverb out. Like who's from the West coast or, you know, something yeah. like that. And then you play that and then you can go into a West coast set and decide when yeah. to do it. And same with like chance, the rapper, no problem or songs that have that feeling of like, yep. boom, you know, rather yeah. than just, and yeah, and, and as DJs, like good DJs, I think can yeah. decipher yes. which intro. It's like, imagine you hear a DJ that plays like an intro version of like International Players Anthem or some shit. Right. It's like the whole point of the song right. is the intro. Right. You and know? that's the dynamic or part Or next of it. episode, yeah. Dre. Or, right. You know, it's like. Why are you doing that? That's the whole yeah. magic of You would of get the song. a way bigger reaction even having a horrible transition and just yeah. going into that intro. Than even like short edits too. I don't understand like yeah. a lot of DJs and producers do short edits of songs. And sometimes I'm just like, 
Let the song breathe. Right. You know? Let like, it breathe. What? Or what if I want to decide when to cut this off right, or not? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I never download those like short, the, like maybe hook first sometimes. Yeah. Or grab off sometimes the, the house music ones are good if you got to blow through them quick, you yeah. know, but, but same, even those, I'd rather have the extended of the house music. Cause then I got the intro, I got the drum intro and then I can decide and put eight cue points or whatever. Yeah, you it's know? like they make these edits. It's like, for like DJing for dummies or something. It's right. Like let that DJ, is what some of let them the are DJs for, yeah. figure out, you know, if they need it or not. How to mix yeah. the songs in. I mean, I think yeah. that's like probably why a lot of young DJs just like aren't good because they're skipping all these steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, and they don't realize it yeah. takes, and it takes a while to even get comfortable DJing yeah. and be good and know all the things, you know? Yep. Like, what about um, when you're on Rekordbox? You don't have a sampler. I guess that's one difference of uh, uh, Serato. Are there any other differences that you notice or any like cons that you wish you could bring from Serato so, into record? So I actually use a third CDJ as okay. a sampler. Okay. So I have like a folder that just has a bunch of acapella loops. Got it. And some sound effects that that's I just cool. keep. Um, the 3000s have eight um, hot cues. Yeah. So it's basically I have like an eight bank, a bank of eight right. samples and you can actually, you know, load up it figure yeah. out a load even more and pioneer even makes like a sampler now i don't know if you've seen it right but it's like i think it has like 16 pads you mean it looks like a cdj but yeah, it has all yeah it has all the pads yeah, those are crazy um, it kind of look, looks like an npc but right i could maybe start looking into using that it's just the clubs probably don't really carry them yeah and having the other cdj is good because yeah. kind of like a backup or like yeah. you said you could have an acapella loop running and then yeah. still be able to use both turntables yeah. and you then bring that up and down whenever you want yeah even when i was using hid mode i still always had a third cdj with acapella loops and stuff right. like that yeah ruckus does that too right yeah he goes crazy with the <laughs> you know the loop and i love it yeah yeah it's nuts but um yeah so i do have the sampler i, I can honestly say i don't miss anything about serato anymore yeah you know like no disrespect to serato i think it's still right. for for like turntablists and people that um i think scratch and really still love the feel of vinyl yeah of, of the turntable i totally get that you know right. what i mean like there's nothing like that i mean the cj yeah. platter is it's just like you know i talk to ross one about this all the time and he's always like it just doesn't feel the same like when i, I drop when i like me let too. go of it when I let go of the platter and but the 3000 does to me yeah. I can drop it it's definitely better yeah but you'll it'll never be that same feeling and no. at the end of the day every DJ you know you have your own preferences yeah. and stuff but the more you totally practice it. with it you're gonna feel comfortable yeah. it's just been so great to and the, you know the other main thing has been like it's it feels like you're really DJing I know and like mixing is more intentional and like when you're picking songs it's like with Serato, it's always kind of like a crutch in a way where it's like, okay, I can just really quickly go find another song. Yeah. And and although it is faster now on the CDJs to find stuff, it's just like, it's more intentional because right. you have to like feel it. You're not relying yeah. on like looking at the computer and the waves. Like you really have to like be into the music. Right. Can't be as distracted, you know? No, I know what you mean. Like I set up my drive for record box and was like, all right, I'm going to practice at home. And then four hours later, I'm like, damn, I just had so much fun. Cause I yeah. was, I felt like I was on vinyl. I was just in the zone. I wasn't staring at a screen. I was just looking at the CDJ it's screen. A, exactly. Like you said, and you experimenting. Like going, oh, I can loop this. I can go there. I can do this. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's so ironic that a lot of the older DJs hate on <laughs> CDJs because it's like, 
we're going back to how it was before where yeah. you're not rely like I think it's the feeling like you said of the platter thing but but I know it's like I wonder you know Serato has been sl- like they've done so many great things and I love it and I love working with them and and using the program but they have been slow to update other things and I have noticed this slow trickle off of a lot of DJs that were full Serato that are now going on to yeah. the USB stick and feeling totally comfortable and I wonder if they're dropping the ball a little bit. I mean, no disrespect to you guys, like you're saying, but you know, like they've been saying they're going to update the library for years, you know, like I want to be able to search my crates. I want other search functions. I want to be able just have a more advanced library, even record box yeah. and tractor have a more advanced library at this point. And record box giving well, you the ability to use the USBs. Like yeah, Serato I, I, needs I will to figure something out with that. The record box, uh, app like on the computer sucks like right. they have not figured that out serato's software is a lot better it is and i actually still organize i still um you know when i download um mp3s off record pools usually they have the serato cue points already linked so i'll oh, yeah. open them up in serato and just like you know organize my music in there after i change the tags in itunes i'll okay. go into serato and I'll see maybe there's certain parts I want to like loop or like, you know, get all my, make sure the grid is right, all that right. stuff. And then I'll use Record Buddy, which is like a third party program to sync the cue points and loops from Serato to Record Box. Okay. So I don't even do any cue points, nothing in Record Box. I still do everything in Serato. Right. So that's the one thing, you know, like the software is stable. Maybe they haven't like updated it and given it yeah. more features. Like I just said. want to be able to search my crates. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've been DJing 15 years on this program yeah. and now I have so much shit in there. I want to be able to look what a oh, search for crates. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, I have a crate. I want to look for like this, you know, like, like the I did title a, of the crate. I was hanging with someone the yeah. other night and I remember I did this crazy house music set for this burning man virtual thing. And I was so happy with all the songs I'd picked and I was over at his house and I wanted to trade music with him and I could not find the crate in my crate. And you saved it. Cause I had hidden it away in some other crate called like Cabo house right, and whatever. Right, right. Cause I was going to Cabo to DJ. So it took me 30 minutes just to go through my I computer be- and find, I wish yeah. I could just type uh, Burning Man, and it would show me the crate. Or yeah, I feel like the workaround you know, would be to open your Serato folder. Like, I did. Finder That's how I found and go it. Go in the crates and type it in, and that, then maybe drag it. That was it how I found it. it. Yeah. I went into the Finder, I searched, and yeah. it, I saw it was in that Cabo folder, and then I had to find that. But it was then, like, it's just a it lot. The, it's like, come on, guys, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, well, that's uh, super interesting. You know, the whole record box, you know, and then changeover. Being able to just like show up with a USB I know. drive and not have to take your backpack and stuff. I literally carry crazy. Like a little bag with my, it almost feels like cheating. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I have, I have my headphones, a couple of USB drives. And then I also have this cable that I have, which is like a RCA to, um, headphone jack, I guess, what is that? Eighth inch. Yeah. With like an iPhone dongle. Oh, okay. Just, just in, in case, case, like, you know, the guy comes in that's spending like a million dollars and yeah. he needs to hear like the star Wars theme or some right. shit. You're like, here we go. Um, Spotify. I could just pull it up on Spotify or, or like, you know, artists come that I don't have the song. Cause that's yeah. what a lot of DJs say. It's like, oh, well like, what if you need to download something and this and that? It's like, right. you know, first of all, like, we shouldn't be having to do right. that like anyway, but that's like another conversation. Yeah. Um, sometimes we are put in those positions where we have to. So it's like, I have the cable just in yeah. case, but it's just so nice. Like not having to I know. lug the backpack around. I mean, we're like spoiled at this point, but <laughs> I know, 
but it is nice. You know, what about when you have you ever tried Record Cloud? That other no, that's the one I use to make the uh, USB. Oh, to sync. Yeah, to sync I sync my Serato yeah, crates. I've heard that and there's Q better points. ones now. I don't yeah. know if it's better. That's why I was wondering if you yeah. could tell the difference because Record Re Cloud is really dope, really advanced. You can do so much shit. Yeah, um, I've heard that. I need but to look into it's it. a little confusing. Like I had to like do some importing and exporting and a lot yeah. of back and forth to get those crates and the things to link up. I thought I'd be able to push a button, like you said, and then it would yeah, go. Yeah, it's a little more complicated because I think what it does is it, the record box XML file. Is, yes, and is then I had to import to, that. Yeah. Then I had to yeah. go in record box with my thing and yeah. then say, I forgot what I did, but import it's, it's and not save as, it. It's not as intuitive. Neither one is going to be as intuitive. Okay, so I they're both think, like that. Yeah, I don't think they can actually edit like record box the collection i think it, they just do the xml i think and the right. xml file has less ways to organize stuff so it's always kind of like okay. it's not like quite there yet to to sync everything seamlessly right. with serato and record box but i just like have my like i said i have my like crates set up in a way where everything once i moved everything over yeah. now it's just kind of like updating automatically as i add music so what do you mean? Like, so, so when you update automatically, you're saying because you do all the stuff you do in your smart crates in iTunes, yeah. then when you put your, um, uh, USB in, are you just, um, transferring over the whole library? So like basically everything goes through my, my, like my iTunes and your master and, and record box. Like you could set it up record box, basically sync with certain folders in iTunes. Okay. And like that fold, the folder in iTunes is the, my main folder that has all of my music. Okay. So as I add stuff into it, it like automatically will sync it. And Record Buddy, basically, what I'll do is like whenever I add music, I'll just open up Record Buddy and just go to all tracks and just drag those tracks into uh, Record Box XML. And then from there, they pop up in record box in, in that playlist. I know this sounds like crazy confusing, but like, no, it's, no, it's, really uh, it's good. I'm glad we have this recorded. Yeah. So can rewind and listen, but you mean, but then what about those smart crates? How does record box know that it's supposed to be in the rap, whatever Anthem. So, so it'll, area it'll, or something. it'll automatically transfer them into like the record box collection, which okay. is like the main, your main, um, library and record box. But yeah. then also, um, the the trick is you want to get the version that Record Buddy made that has the Record Box cue points on it. Right. Otherwise, the one that automatically loads in a Record Box from your iTunes will just be the one without the Record Box cue points. Right. So you basically have to like re like re add them, which yeah. is like the annoying part. Yes. But again, like it's as you add music, you're, I'm not adding thousands of songs at a time. Yeah. You know, it's just like whenever I add music, I'll just like right. re add them. You know. Right. Right. Crazy. No, you just, I, you just like replace them. It like basically like it's like oh, would you like to replace that file? And then when you replace the file, it still stays in that smart playlist that it's in. It just replaced it. it with that um, record buddy version that has the, the key right. points on. I would have to mess with it. To, it's it's to really confusing. It. And honestly, eventually, I'm just gonna switch fully right. to record box and not have to worry about that. But I don't know. I just it, it's not as it's still like organizing in Serato. And then sometimes I'm always yeah. like, oh, I might still use Serato for yeah, something. Yeah, that's the thing. You still you might know? have to once yeah. in a while. Like I still might, I really don't see how I would or where I would at this right. point, but. 
I don't know. Yeah, no, I've been seeing people doing it. I went to. Um, I just can't let go. So. I went. I, I went to a party Friday night. Uh, I just mentioned to you called um, Electric Feels. Yeah. Um, I, it was pretty dope. I, it was like I hadn't been that inspired to DJ after going to a party for a minute, and like they had it at Avalon. It's thrown by um, this guy Jeremy Burke, uh, mm. who does that party. Um, what is it? at Echoplex or whatever the it's Echoplex. like a, yeah, yeah it's Echoplex but it but I think the party's called like Echoplex or mm. I don't know I think it's a it's all like two thousands hip hop type mm. shit you know and uh, but they he does this other party it was a four year anniversary of Electric Feels and it was like they're playing Foster the People Phoenix um, mm. MGMT like ten years ago songs like that you know M eighty three just the normal versions. And um, and he's not even like a technical DJ. I think he's more of just like a party promoter that also DJs. He's, you know, he's on the mic a lot. But packed, Avalon, sold out, front to back, singing every song, like having That's the amazing. time of their life. Then Mike B gets on at midnight and plays Midnight to Two and plays like a Banana Split kind of set. So mm. he's playing everything that we used to go crazy yeah. to at Banana Split. I was just like in heaven, like, yeah. I, and I was like, I need to DJ this, and and I was so impressed by like the whole thing. Also, Mike was on uh, Record Box and USB only, so yeah, just he's been interesting. He's been on that, yeah. yeah, so it was just, but it was cool to see. He's playing all the old shit we have. Yeah, he was playing like some Steve Wonder edit, you know, but he has it on there, and yep. you know, he just rocked like Avalon front to back, and that party tours. So they were just in Hawaii, they sold out. They were in San Diego, sold out House of, House of Blues. Amazing, they were in yeah. Berkeley the next day. Um, so it's becoming this big thing yeah. and it was it wasn't club people it was almost like people that go to coachella or like shows that want a place to go listen to this music loud and don't want to have to go to vegas and hear edm or whatever it was so it was cool to see that exists you know yeah like, we were kind of trying to do something like that right before the pandemic hit we did yeah two parties me jesse marco and ruckus nice did um we we called it goodies and it was oh, all cool. like 2000s. i remember yeah we yeah. did at at the edition we did in February, right, was the last one we did. We did one in like November, December, and then yeah. we didn't do one until February. And we were going to do it monthly, and that was kind of like the goal with it was right. to sort of capture that audience that really wants to hear that that music yeah. and brand it and be more of like a party, less of like a club typical right. club night, more of like an event where people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. This is just dance, literally you know? buy a ticket, like no doorman type shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just cool to see that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just like you were saying with the USB stick and record box and watching him just smash that on something that we used to play all those songs on Serato with was mm -hmm. interesting. Like, all right, there you go. Yeah, Two man. dope DJs killing it on there. I mean, there's more too, but I mean, yeah. just in the past couple of weeks, I saw it with my own eyes. I've noticed too, like all the kids, like the young DJs that I've been coming across, like yeah. none of them use Serato. Oh my God. Yeah. I went and DJed. I told the story on here, but played this house music event and every kid was under 25 and I'm coming in here like DJ in their forties with a laptop, like back in my day, we opened a laptop know, and played a song. Isn't that like crazy to think about? Yeah. Like, you're like now with the laptop, like you're, oh my like, God. you're like the old head. Oh, this guy's using in his laptop still like, i know and these two guys that came on after me were like 
sorry, man, we wanted to do B2B with you, but we can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, you can. I'm like, I'll be on the one channel. And they're like, no, we don't know how to do that. We just, we, we only do USB. I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that also, that was a very motivating uh, day and night for me to go home and work on my USB yeah. stick. I remember that next week I talked to Drew from Pioneer and he helped me set up the stick and showed me, the, you know, all the features on the 3000s. And I'm like, I need to... I need yeah. to be ready for this. I mean, the good DJs like like you are, you know, it's just about practicing a little bit. And totally, just practicing. You're just going to be a beast because you're just yeah, a beast already. You exactly. Know? Like we're all, oh, thank you. But we're yeah. already like, it's it's the crutch. It's the comfort zone thing to have mm -hmm. the stuff that you're used to. And you have to get out of that, you know, to continue to have fun DJing too. That's why we get complacent. We're like, oh, we're just playing the same shit or these crowds suck. Like maybe you're, maybe you suck right now. <laughs> like yeah. you gotta no, get your it, own. It has actually really brought like a fresh perspective um, yeah. on DJing for me again, because it's like, um, it's you're I actually have to like blend. Like I don't use yeah. sync or any of that stuff. I mean, some DJs right. do. I mean, I don't even honestly Era if the sync throws me off. I do use it sometimes, but yeah. I have to like know what I'm doing because it's like slowed it down or sped it up for me in some crazy ways. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! I've never even tried to use it, but I mean, I have nothing against like the house DJs that use it. I guess because yeah. like you know, again, it's just like more about the like the journey, the set, like building the vibe, yeah. creating those moments. Like, yeah, totally. It's just such a different kind of DJ, like. I used to think, I mean, technically, it's obviously a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, With from a sync. technical perspective. No, you just have, in general. Oh, like right. Playing one tempo, like, the whole night. Yes. But then it's like, you go to some of these parties, like, you go, you travel, you go overseas, and, like, you see these guys playing for, like, 12 hours or, like, even longer, and just, like, the dance floor is full, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just a completely different skill, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's a completely different skill. And it's just like we read a room. Like we're good at reading a basically like any kind of room. Yeah. But with that, it's like even beyond reading a room, you really just like have to have the stamina to even do oh like God. you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Like it's the stamina and the like uh willpower too to not go fast through the songs. Like yeah. to like you said, let them breathe yeah. uh really long time and be able to kind of relate to the crowd a lot of those crowds are maybe doing different things than drinking and so true yeah you know like i've been saying over, since last may the amount of parties of dj where people are on shrooms is has like yeah, really I mean. grown and i've had to learn i know how to dj to high people drunk people but like people on shrooms are their own thing and music translates a different way and you know i've had to learn that too you yeah. know I mean, so, it's basically going to be legal soon. So. I know. It's everywhere. Yeah. Every party I go to. Everybody's... You may have to teach me how to DJ for people <laughs> shrooming. I don't even. Yo, yeah. I, I, this one thing I was doing in Mexico, like they, this guy was like friends with the people and he's like, I've got a USB, bro. Can I get on? I'm like, please. Cause I want to know what is going on. And he gets on, plays all this shit. I'm like, I need all that, you know? Cause I mean, that was. I was doing good, but he really was tapped in, yeah. you know? And yeah, you just, every time constantly learning. Yeah. I think the sound like that is going to be next in terms of like where the house pop dance sound goes. Like it yeah. obviously went from like 2010 was like R and B, like when R and B and house kind of came together with Geta. Yeah. He did put Kelly Rowland and Akon on right. records and like all that started happening then i think it went like this like dutch sound with like right 
Afro Jack and Hardwell. Car alarm sounds. Yeah, like, yeah, like big room <laughs> Dutch sound. Yeah. And then now we've sort of gone into this like underground, more underground tech house sound. And I, I really think where right. it's going from here is like more like minimal house. Yeah. Like tough to sort of like give an example of like well, where an artist that's like, doing it. They take like one recognizable like eight bar vocal loop and then the rest is just a drum and bass like yeah, it's like yeah i drive these brothers crazy crazy i think it's gonna go it's like more like min- yeah like more minimal i think that's where it's going right and, you know f- and for people on drugs and shrooming and like all that stuff <laughs> yeah. i think that's kind of like what they want probably. i know it's like less this, like yeah, not less. as much like noise and ear candy and the same yeah. like, like more kind of just like stripped back yeah stuff i think that's probably where where it's it's headed yeah i i hear what you're saying yeah a lot of the dope you know smaller room house shit is pretty funky and dope and i mm-hmm. think appeals to all different kinds of people so that that does sound like a good prediction and that's what i've been noticing with places um and like so what else were you doing during the pandemic? Like, you know, I know getting on record box oh, and all that, um, but, uh, I know you're working on a lot of music and yeah. Like what'd you do with your time and what'd you, yeah, I, what I happened? put out, I've, I've put out my first single in October, 2020, which was like smack in the middle of everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just like really didn't want 2020 to sort of go by and not put anything out. And yeah. I had a record that I just thought was really cool. This artist featured on it that, has been doing some really cool stuff and she's really bubbling like here in LA and really in a lot of other places too. But she's just like super cool. We had this record. I finished it and was able to get some cool coverage like with Spotify, some yeah. cool playlists and some cool PR and some cool looks. We did a video for it. And yeah, I put that out. It did, you know, relatively well considering it was like my first single I had put out. Right. And it wasn't really like a club record. I, I felt like at that time kind of pointless to put yeah, out like a club who's record playing club records yeah it was just yeah. kind of like it a was cool, a dope song yeah like alternative uh pop dark alternative pop song i guess yeah. um and yeah just uh, that was a cool learning experience just the process of like putting music out and the rollout and i did it independently but also she's signed to a major label okay she's signed to capital so like dealing with the clearance process and you know it's just been a great learning experience yeah. um throughout covid of just yeah, like getting ready to just put more music out, how to do it, how to market it. Um, and yeah, just kind of digging for like new stuff, organizing my library, um, traveling, I guess, here and there, like shows kind of came in and out. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in Vegas much at all in 2021. Right. Um, this year I have a residency at Zook at Resorts World. Yeah, dope. So, I want to um, make it out there one of the times yeah. you're playing. It looks amazing. Yeah, I think it's like the best production. That club and Omnia, I think, are the two best production in like for DJs in Vegas. Yeah. You could just like, you know, if you have like crazy visuals and like, you know, a good team that can really put on a show for you, it's like right. you know, the best. Um, and... Yeah, other than that, it's just been same as everyone else, I guess. Right. Just kind of like having some doubts also, like, oh, should I like pivot and do some some other shit? Like, is DJing ever gonna come back? Yeah. Is I it mean, gonna be the same? Like That's the crazy thing, is like, you know, people like you and me and different yeah. people ha- having those type of feelings and doubts, it's just crazy. You know, cause yeah. we had 
right before we're like, oh, it's all good. We got so many gigs. We're hooking up our friends, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, what is life? Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? it was definitely... And not, it's even crazy now, you know, it's still so up and down, but now I feel like things are really yeah. good and starting to come back. Yeah. I, I think, I think this year is going to be a big bounce back year for touring and everything yeah. like Coachella coming up, you know, in a couple right. months, they like dropped all the COVID restrictions saw that with Crazy. everything. So like, I feel like that's in New York too. Like in a week, yeah. they're going to drop all the stuff. Yeah. So that like set, I think a good precedent because Coachella kind of <clears throat> kicks off the festival season. Yeah. And they're just, right. you know, if they're doing that, then. And they're every, in California. Yeah. And they're basically LA, even though they're yeah. outside so of it. Everyone kind of sort of has to follow suit. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like just from the past couple of weeks, like I've been getting like a lot more bookings for private events. I think a lot of like yeah, the corporate same. stuff took like, you know, two years off basically. Yeah. Well, know? even last month or January, I had so many events and I'm like, we're back, baby, let's yeah. go. And then all of a sudden I started, you know, everyone started getting sick around Christmas and I was like, are they all going to get canceled? Yeah. And then it was like first of yep. the year, one gig canceled. And then by the time that night or the next morning, I think every uh, yeah. gig was canceled that I'm sure I had. You, you know, were lined up for Sundance oh and the God. Grammys. Everything. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I had, I was going to do Tao Sundance and then I had the Spotify best new artist uh part grammy party crazy every nom every nominee for best new artist was performing wow. at it and like that was already confirmed and then right. they moved it to vegas they canceled the one in la now it's in vegas in april right and they canceled the party they're, oh, they're not doing like i think clive davis canceled his party too so like january was bad but I now i think it's like we've yeah hopefully no, I feel good. I yeah. feel good now. And I'm starting to get hit up for private events and yeah. all that and nightclubs and yeah, it's like all weddings too. like all these like, oh, my God, because people married. have been putting them off forever. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And usually it's like really rich people. And yeah, a I lot of the really rich people have gotten a lot richer over the past couple of years. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so yeah. Inflation like, and all that. And oh that's the God. thing is like, you know, we got to make more money, too. So, well, like, that's the thing. What's up with that? So like, it's funny because yeah. I see. Inflation, inflation, everybody's charging more. Netflix, Amazon, all the big companies, everywhere you go, like every plane ticket is more, every hotel, every restaurant, every Erewhon, Whole Foods, all that stuff. But DJs are still getting hit a lot of the time with like, yo, so can you do it for this? Or this was the, you know, we've had a hard time during the pandemic. Can you do it for less? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. We need more money now. Like, like I, I don't think DJs should be doing shit for less now. I think that's done. Like, I think... A lot of these spots are still trying to hold on to the, oh, well, we had a bad time during the pandemic. It's like, all right, so did we. Like, fuck yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, and all the cost of everything is going up. I think DJs need to also do that. And the managers and all the booking agents, like, we need more money too. Otherwise, they're going to continue to try to give us less. So it's like, yeah. you got to up your rate and stick to that 100%. shit. You know? And like, if you, know, if, if you feel like you're not getting what you deserve in the clubs you know, Twitch and all these new platforms yeah. that DJs are making money off of, like focus more on that. Build it up on that. Like, uh, exactly. And then you can have more leverage well over, yeah. over COVID really doing that, you know? Right. Um, and some are still going. Yeah. A lot of Vegas DJs that weren't necessarily like headlining, you know, I saw built a little community in, yep. on Twitch and they're making good money. And I, like, know. I mean, that sounds better to me than having to travel and grind. Like you just I know. stream from home. I mean, you were doing it for... I was doing it for too, a while yeah. and I really want to get back on. I've been saying I'm going to, but we're actually going to try to bring this show to Twitch. Uh, oh, cool. So at least do something different. I want to get back on a DJ, but I have a yeah. few ideas for fun Twitch shows that are 
involved. Yeah, with, this could be like, cool to do live on Twitch. Yeah. Then you kind of get the audience. We were going to try to even do this, but we didn't yeah. make it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to do this live, do the podcast live and um, do a few other shows, even have some DJ roundtable shows, review music, the shit that we used to do on this podcast yeah. that we can't do anymore that we could do on Twitch. Um, you know, and just see what happens for there and just keep connecting the, the DJ community. Yeah. Uh, Cause that was the other thing. It really connected everybody. We were, a- I became friends with so many other DJs, um, all over the world and I was able to interview them and do yeah. different stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw you weren't really on Twitch though, where you just like, no. I'm not doing this. I'm going to do a few live streams for a yeah. club or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, again, like really when it was like during the pandemic, I was really just kind of trying to like be as efficient as possible with my time and like yeah. think long term. Yeah. You, you know? seemed like you were very busy yeah. and hustling in your own way. I was in the studio like the whole time. Right. I, mean, I like I really went in on engineering and becoming more self-sufficient in the studio. Oh. Um, I like, yeah, man, I grew, I just became a much better producer and engineer and with Twitch. I, I love it. I mean, I was watching and you know enjoying a lot of the stuff on there but it's just like it takes a lot of work to do it right you know yeah look at like what four colors zach is doing i'm like that is so dope you know what i mean it's amazing it's it's incredible he has like a team of people i mean you know and that's the thing is like i think i was just like at a point where i've built my career to a certain level and i have like certain like taste level and expectations of like where I'm at to do like dope shit if I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I did like a couple streams where like I had like, you know, a green screen and did like, it's like West coast hip hop set. And then I did oh, something yeah. for, I forgot you did that. Yeah. That was so dope. Yeah. And I did that for, uh, <laughs> yeah, you killed it with that. Damn. Yeah. I like completely just slipped my mind. Yeah. But. I did. I, I did like a couple things, but again, like that West coast shit was super tight. I need, yeah. I need to watch that back. feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks. Cause it was only, I did it on Instagram and I hadn't yeah. like done it like widescreen version right. and like, that's so funny. Wow. But, I forgot about that. Dope. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to do stuff like that, I want to make sure it's like, really right. well thought out and not just to of do course. it to do well it. how cassidy did too he brought his own thing exactly. to the game and exactly and it became a whole thing and and everyone did you know mos yeah. had his thing and d nice obviously yeah. and, you know that that goes to what you're saying with the taste thing you know what i mean like nowadays everyone's like oh with beat source or everyone has the same songs or the same thing or why would you share what you have and it's like it it doesn't matter it all comes down to your taste and your execution of what it is you know and i think that's what sets us all apart and now that there's 10 billion djs yeah it matters more than ever your taste and yeah and And also you know i was again looking forward i was like look the twitch thing is is great but what what, as soon as the world opens back up it's like you know people aren't going to be at home watching guys DJing on Twitch. Right. Um, but what I've discovered is what I think is that it's its own world. Because people for sure. are like, do you think these people are going to come to the club? Like maybe four of them. But yeah, I think that no, that's its, its, its own, own world and yeah. this is its own thing. No, it's know? its own thing. And, and it's great. It's yeah. great. It was just for me, I kind of, again, like was yeah. just looking over like what I want to, what my goals are and what I'm trying to do like with music and as yeah. a producer and all these things. And like, I have all this free time. Like, Makes luckily, sense. Luckily, you know, I've, smart with my money and like invested and had wasn't like struggling to like pay bills and stuff and trying to figure out where i could make money you know and like little private events and little things would pop up during the pandemic you know like yeah for sure but for the most part like everything was shut down and you know it's like yeah especially here let's focus focus on something that is you're really thinking long term 
And I was just like, yeah, the Twitch stuff could be cool one day to do that and really focus on it and do it right. Yeah. But again, it's like its own thing. Right. And I didn't feel like pressure to do it at all. I was just like, I, I love having all this free time, being able yeah. to sit in the studio and like get better at engineering and like right. music and everything. And that's what I want to be doing anyway, going forward. You know? When you had been already making that transition to be working in the studio all the time, you yeah. know, and you, yeah. you were working with artists and transition, you know, working with other managers and signing artists and yep. things like that. Yeah. So you were already you know, doing that. So then I think it just sort of opened up to give you the time to really dive into and work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know think, now you're, you're doing that. I mean, that remix you just put out that Drake one is really, Oh dope. yeah. Yeah. With my music now, I'm really kind of focused more on dance music, I guess, like okay. stuff that I can really play in big ass yeah. clubs. And yeah. Like, I think I've just kind of hit a point where like the cool, like it's funny. Cause I have this um, remix coming out soon, a Summer Walker and SZA remix for a song called No Love. It's like yeah. the big single off Summer Walker's album. Right. And um, it's hopefully going to be official. Um, we're working with her team to like, you know, put it out as a part of another remix that's coming out with a big artist on it. But um, I originally approached the remix in a way where I was like, I want to make like something really cool, you know, like something that I could play at like, my, uh, like off sunset in LA, like a cool, tasteful right. club, you know? And I did a version that was like super funky, kind of like Katranata, like channel trays vibe. Right. And of that Drake song. No, no. Of the SZA. Oh, Summer of Walker. the SZA one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the uh, one Sorry, that's coming yeah. out soon. Right. And, um, no love. Yeah. And I like played it for my manager. And like, I have a, a new manager. That's like an incredible A and R. Okay. He's, he has seven or eight number one, Billboard number one radio records in the last two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, who, he, who is he, His name's Adam. He signed Sweetie early on. Okay. Basically found Sweetie and developed her into a superstar. He was A&Ring and managing her. Okay. And um, so he's just like, has a great ear for like. And he's your manager. But yeah, he, he doesn't still do my have bookings. a booking agent. Yeah, so I'm with CA. Does my bookings now? Oh, okay. So I, yeah, that also happened. Are you with DGI pandemic. at all? No. Oh, so okay. that happened during the pandemic too. I switched teams fully. Interesting. And like we're still super tight. Me and me and Yoni. Right. And I saw Yoni and guys. you yeah. the same night. Uh, yeah. Which it's just like kind of like you know we we've been working together for like um six seven years. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of like. But so you're doing this blood. more traditional thing that artists do where you have a manager and you have a booking agent and the booking agency is like a real big agency. Yeah. And you know, not to like dive too far into that, but like, I think it is important to separate the two. And right. I didn't realize when I was, you know, working with DJI because well, they're the best at yeah. what they do in yeah. terms of like booking, like booking the coolest, most tasteful DJs at like the best events and the yeah. best clubs. And part of that of course is management in a way because it's all like relationship based. Yeah. You know? Well, that's um, the thing. We've seen the evolution of what DJ managers slash booking agents and all that have done. Cause we've been in it since the very yeah. beginning in a way. And we've seen the evolution of we're going to try this, you know, when it was just the wild west and it's basically now gotten so big that it does need to be the, yeah, other well, way again. I mean, th and this is really important, I think for DJs and producers to realize is when you have someone that wakes up in the morning and is thinking about how am I going to fill up 
my client's calendar with bookings. Right. How am I going to put money in his pocket? Yeah. It's a completely different mentality and approach to a manager who wakes up in the morning and is like, how am I going to get my client to that next step of his career that he's trying to get to, yeah. whether it's being a music producer or a music supervisor or whatever it is. Right. It's just like a different approach. And yeah. it's like it, the manager's looking at like the map of the world and yeah. the booking agents looking at like the trail and like, okay, yeah. I'm going to like take this trail to this trail. Yeah. Like and I think there are ways for like one company to be able to do both. Yes. Um, but again, it's just like, you have to look at it. Like the biggest artists in the world and the biggest DJs in the world have a manager, a booking agent, a business manager who just deals with the money, you right. know, and is like all the money flows through the business manager, a publicist, um, a lawyer who's obviously music lawyers are so important, you know, especially when you start producing and doing all that shit. Yeah. And then who else? Like, I don't know, a creative director, like, right. The but team, the ones like, you named are, are very the main, the, yeah, the main, main ones, ones that and when you get big, you need. Yeah. And, but it's good to like, know that early on. Yeah. That, like eventually like that's, that's the team you need to have. Yeah. And you know, you grow into it slowly and that's sort of like, you know, what happened um over covid right. it just kind of was like and like companies like caa and uta and these companies never used to represent an open format dj true true you know yeah. so i think that it's in the past few years has yeah. become a new thing for them as well right yeah well and, i mean that's the thing those agencies really it's not about like sure they didn't have some of them didn't have music departments but it's really not even about like um whether you're open format or yeah. house or whatever it's just like do you have, do you have a business? Like, do you have right. like, are they going to be able to book you? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's like, they're not like they look there. at DJ Khaled, like, is he open format yeah. or something? You know what I mean? They're just like, he is who he is. Yeah. It's and, like, if you have a business yeah, and you're making true. money and you have a good team and that's the thing, like they CAA, no, like none of those big agencies will really sign anyone unless they understand that they have a team yeah. behind them helping, you know, get the fees up and grow the, the yeah. business. True. Um, so yeah, so that, that happened, but anyway, so my new manager, he's like a really, really solid A and R yeah. and I played him this first version of the SZA summer Walker remix and he liked it yeah. and he was just kind of like, look, this is cool, but like what, where's this going to fit into like when we roll the re when they roll the remix out, like where do you see people playing this? Yeah. And I was like, well, I see myself playing it. On Twitch. That's always how, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how, kind of always how, like, as an artist, as a creative, you want to inject as much of your, like, you know, where you would play, like, or not, like, yeah. what you would do, like, what your instincts, yes. what your instincts are, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, especially if you don't really have, like, a specific sound. Yeah. Like, you know, Skrillex, when he was making, like, all dubstep or, you know, K Tronado, who obviously has like his sound, that whole like selection right. crew. Like, if you don't really have a sound and you're just kind of like making remixes to just do them and make them fit in your sets, it's almost like you're you're kind of like selling yourself short because you have to always think about music in like a marketing way. Yeah, which like he, my manager's been kind of like explaining to me. It's like it's really all marketing. Like marketing is with yeah. music, you can make the best song in the world but like if it doesn't fit a certain format or like fit a certain genre as much right. as like it kind of sucks you know like yeah things are like divided that way but like where's it gonna live so i was like 
you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like would, would they play this on like kiss FM or power or like on a certain dance station right. on Sirius? And I was like, hmm, I don't really know. Or it's just so, a few DJs will be like dope, man. Yeah. Thanks. And, the, and then like, what does that do? For, like, what is sort of like, what is that again? Like what's sort of like the point of that other yeah. than like making like a cool remix. True. So I went back to the drawing board and I did like a, ho a house remix, like almost like a, you know, future house, I guess, remix of it that right. then made more sense. Like, oh, okay, this could go to like dance radio and like festival DJs, like the, you know, the guys that play like big stages and stuff. Yeah. When that song goes hard at radio and is like a big hit, this will be the remix that they play. Yeah. You know, so you just have to be a little more strategic and that's sort of what I've started to realize is like, I want to be a little bit more strategic with what i'm doing musically and sort of make sure it, it makes sense and has a place um to be supported and, and played yeah you know? that makes sense yeah and it, it's really something that again everything's like a learning process for, for right. me as i evolve into like being a producer artist whatever you want to call it but like you do have to like eventually stick to one be known for like something and then kind of like you could pivot and do whatever you want but like yeah, it's I like think, Skrillex is a good example of that. I yeah. mean, obviously he's a one of a kind, you know, person and yeah. producer. But is it just that okay? You can work on the dubstep stuff and then do literally anything yeah. you want after that. But yeah, yeah, and we I feel like we've talked about like us as club DJs, open format DJs. We know so many genres of music. Yeah, it's like our Achilles heel. Yeah, it's like we love and know so much music that when we want to make music, we want to make all of it. Yeah, exactly. And, but like, you really have to like. I was trying to really, you know, make myself, put myself in that mentality a couple of years ago. But now really when I started thinking about, thinking about it in more like of like a marketing way, like, okay, we have to like market these records and they yeah. have to live somewhere. And people, certain people that like certain types of music, you know, we have all these tools to like market music, you know, yeah. like whether it's like, you know, paying for like ads and stuff on, Instagram or hiring people to do like playlists or TikToks, yeah, all this stuff. Totally. People have like certain tastes and they gravitate towards certain music. So it's like, you got to know who your audience is. That's right. really all it is. You have to figure out who your audience is because like, it doesn't matter. Like you can make the best song in the world to you. Yeah. But if it doesn't resonate with like a specific group of people, no one's going to hear it. No one's going to yeah, care. That's true. You yeah. know? No, yeah. exactly. Like, why are you doing this? You know, it's like your manager saying, yeah. like, a good job, but like, yeah. why or what or where, where is this going? And that's you such know? a big part of A&Ring, you know, like that. And that's the thing, like when you start working with yeah. someone that really has that A&R mentality, yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes it, like they'll take it too, a little too far. You know, sometimes it's like artists butt heads with their A&Rs because they're like, yes. oh, I need a hit. I need a hit. It's like hits, hits, hits. And it's yeah. like, dude, I'm a fucking artist. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm a creative. Like I don't go in the studio trying to like make a hit. Yeah. You know, like, um, my boy, Mike Hector tweeted the other day, a great Quincy Jones quote. It's like, when you go in the studio, um, you know, with, with, with the goal of making money, God leaves the room. <laughs> yes. I, I, he said that in the documentary. Yeah. In the Quincy Netflix yeah, thing, but so he, Mike tweeted it like, right. and like went viral. Cause like, so true, you know, it's true. So like, it's a balance, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. You want to make a hit and you want something to be popular and you want to be recognized for it. But at the same time, it's like, you do have to 
still right. put your... You don't have to necessarily think about money when you're doing it. You could just think about why you're doing it, though, and still have a focus, you know? So yeah. I think that... Um, yeah, but it's good to have that person yes. on your team yeah. or whether it's a friend or people that yeah. you send music to instead of just being like, oh, like, that's, that's dope. Like, yeah, right. like, put that out. Yeah. It should be more like, oh, like, this is cool, but, like, where do you sort of see this, like, living? Like, who are you going to send... What DJs are you going to send this to that you're yeah. friends with that are going to support this and play it at, like, festivals or at, in clubs where the song could right. blow up, yeah. you know? It's true. It, it, that's something I've realized. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting and important. And especially if you're trying to, you know, become a producer mm -hmm. and uh, go into that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's like Miles Beard, like he comes from the DJ world, mm -hmm. dope DJ, we're friends with him, but he's really good at being an A&R because of those things. I think, you yep. know, they give you the honest opinion. They have the, f the future vision. Yeah. And I mean, DJs, if you fully transition from being a DJ to an A&R. Yeah. Um, you really have a leg up. Right. Because, yeah, like you can really, once you start really looking at it from that lens of where is this going to fit in, what format is this going to fit in, how are we going to market the song, Yeah, it starts to really become easier to figure out what's going to work and what's not yeah. going to work. Yeah, no, totally. Know? They have like a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about like, um, I saw this article this morning that Dylan Francis signed a residency deal with uh, Big Night Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Randy yeah, and course. them on the yeah. East Coast, uh, and got paid, probably not entirely, but mm -hmm. uh, part of his payment was one of the rarest Bored Ape NFTs. Mm, and it was like, a, yeah, it's like, a, I'll send you the article, but, um, and I'm assuming, you know, he got paid some other ways as well or something, yeah, I don't yeah. know, or maybe he can, you know hedge his bets um, if it all goes down yeah. but pretty interesting you know and then part of the deal is that he has to collaborate with big night entertainment's um group escape plan which is two bored apes i saw um, that yeah and i don't know i don't know like how does his booking agent or manager get a cut do they want a piece of the nft if he sells it's so confusing i wonder yeah, i mean i like, think a lot definitely I mean, first time i've seen anything yeah, like that again I, I don't i haven't spoken to dylan or randy or any yeah me either it. i saw it this morning like i saw the article you know but i was like damn i definitely think there's a lot of there's a lot of marketing like marketing tactics and and backdoor of stuff course. happening with a lot of these nfts where, yeah you know, <laughs> it's like dylan francis signs deal in exchange for board ape nft obviously yeah. that's just a headline you know when yeah. you read it it's more info but uh i'm a, yeah pretty crazy I'm, a, I'm gonna read it i i think all the nft you know the, the whole movement is really cool i mean i'll these announcements and these like big press things like yeah eminem buys a board ape and it's like right you know i think there's a companies behind that giving him the board ape and paying course, for him to say it course. and you know I mean, you see it's in this frantic mode right now yeah. where people are just greedy and trying to make money yeah. but there's also these amazing cool things that have ramifications for the future of how we'll do and seeing a dj sign a residency yeah. deal for an nft is like oh shit by the way did you, did you see uh today actually tyler the creator there was a video of him talking about nfts you didn't see that i assume he doesn't like it yeah it was hilarious <laughs> it was hilarious i mean i, I can, see i see both me too. sides of it me tyler's too. like what the hell is an nft like he's just like yo we're not living in the metaverse we're living in real life like let's live real life kind of thing like let's stop right. going more digital with everything but i think it's kind of like you said with twitch it's like it's its own thing and i think there's obviously a future 
um, with music, NFTs. Exactly. That's and, like step one or whatever step, yeah. the beginnings of what will be the metaverse yeah. or whatever the buzzword is. And Tyler, to his credit, he's amazing, but also... He's he a built cynical, his whole, yeah. But also he built his whole life off of, in a way, the, the metaverse because he just instagrammed every single moment of his life nonstop up until now he's like constantly yeah. covered but in the beginning you just would you're like look at this guy he's doing youtube videos and instagram stories yeah. and snapchat and whatever it is and that's kind of the metaverse or whatever yeah. you know we're all in this digital stuff whether we like it or not yeah um yeah i think there's just so many there's going to be so many different ways of people utilizing that technology like yeah to do all different every industry is going to be affected by it I right think, one way or another i think yeah. like that's the thing i think a lot of people are grouping everything kind of all together and they're just like oh well like the art part the art part of it is like you know being manipulated by like all these people that just like have a bunch like got crypto rich and now yeah. it's just like a you know a, a billionaire boys club kind of thing right. where everyone's just like they're not actually even sell. They're all selling the NFTs to each other and driving the price yeah. up, which by the way, in the regular art world and not, you know, like, yeah, it's not regular art world, but like I know you mean traditional, traditional physical traditional, art yeah. world. That obviously is a big part of, um, the market, uh, yeah. the market price of a lot of these, um, pieces is like, who's buying what, Yeah, you know, like who's buying, um, this artist. And then all the big collectors hear about, Oh, this collector just bought this artist. That must mean that like something. Of course. So it's it's actually the art world. It's also like when Diplo plays a song nobody knows and then yeah, everybody. The art, the art world is one of the, you know, last remaining unregulated um, markets for like goods and stuff, you know? True. Where like the price can be manipulated and there's a lot of wealthy people that like play that game. Yeah. Um, a lot of that's happening with NFTs on the art side. On the music side, I think... There's, we haven't even scratched the surface of like sort of where we could go with that. Right. Um, there's tons of startups that are trying to figure out ways where artists can, and people that have, you know, own the rights to their music can get paid instantly in like a certain, um, whatever the currency is of that platform yeah. when their stuff gets streamed or sold. Right. Where, you know, the, the way artists get paid now is so antiquated. Yeah. You know, like streams on spotify then the money goes to a distributor then the distributor pays the label and right. the publisher and then the label has to like divide up all the money but they only do it once every six months and then you have to pay back the advance and the marketing budget and yeah then like the producers get a person like it's just so co complex and right. we have the technology to make it a lot easier yeah just even yeah. with mixes i saw um joe k and uh selection release a mixtape a week or two ago and they did it through this platform and everyone on the mix all the splits were done so when the mixtape sold for this much ethereum and it was mm -hmm. like eighty six thousand dollars or whatever it is joe k got five percent selection got twenty percent each artist mm -hmm. got depending on how much their song was four point two six percent or you know whatever it was and it was like oh that's pretty dope you know to see that 
the technology can be used in that way. And I think there's cool things, but like you said, it's people don't understand. And there's yeah, we, we've the word NFT. The it's like saying the word art. And then it's like, okay, you've got the Mona Lisa and you got something that exactly. your kid that's two years old drew in kindergarten. Like exactly. It's that's both art. Think, <laughs> but that's why I think we're just barely, we're barely at the forefront of yeah. what it's going to do. Um, really. I mean, revolutionize like so many different industries, but it, yeah. it's exciting what's that, what's happening with, with the music stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think definitely this year will be a big year and kind of figuring out even like with what Kanye's doing with his new album, like how right. it's only on selling the stem player, stem player yeah. and you connect it to your computer. And that's how it like updates the songs and stuff. I mean, crazy. there's so much revolutionary stuff going right. on. I think, yeah, it's just music. I think is going to start to get a little bit more cannibalized and fragmented like it was yeah. before spotify and apple music kind of became the norm right you remember we were getting music from like everywhere from blogs right. from you know um record pools i guess were kind of like already a thing but right mailing lists like directly Everything. from DJs. myspace soundcloud MySpace, and then SoundCloud. each thing yeah. vinyl and you're buying yeah. yeah and now vinyl's like huge again and yeah. um people want that physical connection yeah i think it's about the physical connection with vinyl and then with um nfts it's like that rare fact like the fact right. that something's like rare right and i guess the yeah. fact that you can own something on the internet so the same way that we're in their group chats and yeah. we send each other some dumb picture i guess now there's a way not like i want to own that dumb picture but like there's a way to own things digitally and prove it even though it's still confusing yeah. and well you know, the, yeah the, the that part of it actually is a lot as a collectible it's a lot more efficient to own an nft because right you know imagine you own like a, a painting that you know you have like in your house and your house burns down like right the painting's gone right but in you a know? way isn't that what makes the final remaining painting so expensive like isn't that why a honus wagner card is so much because by the year 2022 there's only a couple left that don't have a creased edge and have not burned up in a fire and yeah. in the digital world, it's just made up. You're like, some guy was like, no, I made 999. And you're like, oh, okay, thanks. And it's like, well, you, yeah. couldn't you make more? Yeah, but I won't. Oh, okay, thanks. You know, it's like, I can't reprint the damn rookie magic, you know, uh, Michael Jordan card, you know, but like, I can reprint the digital one, whether you own it or not. It's, that's, it's, it's a bit confusing because it's forced digital scarcity, but I am for it, but it's like, it's, well, yeah, I mean, know. the market is the market. It's going to yeah, dictate, like, exactly. what, whatever people w are willing to pay for yeah. that, you know, one of a thousand digital yeah. Michael Jordan, or I guess right. now it's going to be, like, whoever the new players are, Luca or yeah. you know, Giannis. Um, it's really just, like, what people are willing to pay. And I think because of the way the world has evolved with iPhones and iPads and stuff, it's like when I was a kid collecting basketball cards, I had... I would like bring my folder of cards yeah. to school and like show them off to like my friends. But now it's like right. these kids have iPads and iPhones. Right. And it's like, that's how they, sh that's yeah. how we showcase things. So right. it just makes more sense from a practical perspective, like where it's going. But yeah, I mean, right. Also, but I guess they don't like, for example, my son, I buy him Pokemon cards, baseball yeah. cards, basketball cards, everything. He yeah. has folders. He brings yeah. a folder to school. Yeah. He gives his best friend the card he loves. So his best friend and him have the connection. His best friend gets a pack. He gives him one. Yeah. It's still there. Um, 
But the place that I do see them show off and trade the digital goods is in Roblox. Mm. That's where he goes and he goes to Nike land and he completes the thing and he gets the new Air Max and he gets the Merc mercury cleats mm -hmm. that he has in real life but they have a jetpack on him and he gets to fly to his friend's pet yeah. store in roblox and he goes how do you have 42 pets and 19 pairs of shoes and i hear him talking and i'm like oh shit that's does what he have it the is. vr thing no on? he's no. just on his ipad or he's on the computer yeah. or he's on xbox or whatever you can play it on mm -hmm. and that's where they have their collection because I say to him, hey, we have Top Shots. We have NFL all day. I bought you all these digital cards. You want to yeah. show your friends? He's like, no, it's cool. So, like, he doesn't yeah. want to show that on, but he wants to. Sh but when you're in the Roblox, which is really the metaverse yeah. or Fortnite, yeah. you're like, look at all the skins and dances and guns and crazy stuff I have. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. So it's almost like you have to be your digital being, and the digital being wants to show off the stuff. Right, right, But in right. real life, he still wants to go to school and bring the Charizard and be like, look what I got, Charizard, the year 2000. So it's yeah. kind of weird. It's, yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess, yeah, like, <laughs> right? We, I'm still figuring it out. But then I still buy him the, the cards, but then I'm, I don't know. Like, today, I, I'm in this closed beta version of NFL all day, and it's the trading thing of yeah. NFL, and... And last year, you know, if you were in the Top Shot version, you could have made so much money. This year, I'm buying them. I don't know if it's the same. Like, you know, it's I'm buy, I'm paying fifty bucks for a pack, and then I kind of feel ripped off after a while. So I don't know. I'm just, you yeah, know, still learning. I think the collectible side of it, we're in sort of like a bubbly, we're figuring moment, it out. Like yeah, kind of Beanie Babies kind of thing. Yes, it's the FOMO yeah. thing. Like if something has FOMO behind yeah. it and the board ape, maybe it'll stay forever or maybe no one will care. It's such a weird thing. I think thing. it will. I mean, I think, I think it's inevitable. I mean, those crypto punks are like going in museums and stuff, you right. know, um, I think it's here to stay. I mean, it's all exciting stuff. You know, oh technology yeah. Technology. Yeah. And, and like just kind of allowing yeah. artists. To I like the membership thing behind shit. it too. Like that pool suite uh online radio thing they mm -hmm. made their own thing and you're yeah. you know you get the pool suite card and it shows up in your apple wallet and you know i, know I think there's that. ways i've been trying to you know brainstorm these ways with some other smart people i know that to find a way to bring all the djs together and and utilize the nfts as a membership thing and i think there's things we could do you know and in the that same way we're all it, doing twitch you that know that part of it is awesome too the community yeah. aspect like the yeah. tokenized communities and all that totally. stuff yeah, um, and we can we can help each other and create these communities. Yeah, and you grow that, as a community together. Yeah, and yeah. even the DAO thing where we could have a treasury and use it to vote on something. I mean, just watching what uh, Shecky Green is part of this uh, project called Dope Wars, mm -hmm. and they sell NFTs, and in a way they're creating this metaverse game that will be kind of like a Grand Theft Auto thing, mm -hmm. but they're building it from scratch and bootstrapping it and all this stuff and they have a DAO, which is decentralized yeah, yeah, autonomous course. organization mm -hmm. and that has its own treasury so when the nfts are sold a percentage goes into the treasury yeah and then and get to vote they're like okay the treasury yeah. now has a million dollars or you know whatever it has and then the people that own the nfts and own the token or whatever have voting rights just like yep. you're a shareholder in yep, a stock yep. so you can propose something. So he proposed, okay, let's have Green Lantern make a mixtape um, 
and get paid this much and then present it on his Twitch and do this whole thing. They approved it. It went through and it happened. And I just watched the launch a couple days ago. And it was kind of dope to see like it go from start to finish and actually happen. Green Lantern gets to make money, be a part of this project, promote it on his Twitch. So it was very uh, beginnings of metaverse type yeah. thing. you know. Yeah. And after a while, we'll be in this world where it's all interoperable and all that stuff, but it's kind of like, okay, there's some yeah. use cases and it really happened, you know? So yeah, maybe well, in, the, in those types of examples with the Dow, I think that's actually one of the coolest things of yeah. crypto is, right. Is the, it, our DAOs because yeah. it really empowers like the community. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we're so used to, you know, being on Facebook and Twitter and all these platforms that basically like we created all that value for the company and yeah. for their shareholders, but like, we're not, or I mean like some, you might own Facebook stock or something, but then like, <laughs> right. or, you know, made some money off the stock, but like the DAOs are like directly, you know, the community yeah. is, um, benefits as it grows. And as yeah. you bring in value, your value goes up, which I think is just like a really cool democratic way of, Right. Moving forward um, with this new technology. And you could vote how to use the money. And it's like, oh, everybody yeah. came together and somehow made $500,000. If everyone feels so strongly about Ukraine right now or something, they could vote to, you know, donate $400,000 to this or, you know, anything could be done and it's not controlled by other stuff. So I think, you know, as much as people hate on it and it's horrible, I think there's a lot of cool things, a lot of confusing things. and Yeah, like we said at the beginning, you know, it's just yeah. like there's so much and it's a lot of it gets just like grouped into one thing. And right. You really got to do your research. And yeah. I think, you know, DJs, musicians, artists, definitely you need to like be up on what's happening because yeah. it's like happening so fast. So you know? fast. So yeah, definitely at least have an understanding of like what it is. So then when you do have that idea of how you can sort of use it, yeah, to, you know, to whether put out music or or art or, you know, build a community, build a yeah. part, whatever it is. This is like the way to do it now, right? You know, um, all the technology is like right there for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I even saw that uh, some hoodlum, you know, the dope artist, like has some deal with Tau Group now or something where certain he drew all the art and the flyers and the promo video and mm -hmm. then certain nights if you own his nft you get in and get this yep. special vip thing at one of the clubs i don't know yeah. if it's omnia or tau or something but I'm like damn that's yeah that's and crazy. i love how they're you know making it linking the digital art of it with like the real, real life. life exactly i think that's the key you yeah. know is like kind of like at least to get people to adopt to it yeah. more it's to sort of show people like look it's not just like the metaverse where everything is digital it's right. more you know it can be more about just being like a part of a club yeah you know a club that you basically have ownership in right you get all these benefits and get to go to these events and meet these people and you know yeah it's just all about community and i feel like with same with twitch and same with all these platforms that are have done really well yeah just like all about building the community and having that connection True. discord like all these yeah. you know new ways that people can connect and create these communities and all benefit from it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just to finish out the whole NFT, uh, community conversation mm -hmm. thing, you know, something that had been discussed on another DJ podcast that I mm -hmm. love the road podcast. Shout right. out to my bros over there. Yep. Um, but I know that there'd been a lot of, uh, DJ union talks, you know, and stuff like right. that. And like crooked, you know, he left scam. He's talking about going to another management company mm -hmm. and DJ unions. And this has been a talk 
for 20 years. Yeah, I I've feel been like, you know, about this for a while, yeah. but I do feel like with it, it, it somehow is connected with the NFT and the community and, and all those things. And, you know, like, I don't, I'm not saying there could be or couldn't be a DJ union. You know, I, I don't, I don't know enough about unions. I'm not like an expert. So what, it's just like a lot of things on the internet that I don't yeah. talk about. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm not going to tell you, you know, but I do think that that's what I was saying with connecting the communities, at least in the metaverse thing or through these NFTs or cryptocurrency, yeah. there's a way to come together as DJs and show our power and how many DJs there are around the world. Um, if we aren't able to pull off the DJ union, you know, maybe there's ways to do it within the yeah, metaverse the, or something. I don't think, I, I don't think that the block blockchain technology is going to have much of a difference on whether a DJ union can come together or not. Right. I, I think that there's other obstacles with that. Like, you know, it, it's just, Man, it, I don't, I don't, see I don't know happening. how that would work. I mean, I, I am, I encourage it and I would yeah. support it and I would do everything, but I just don't understand how I mean, it would work well, within it's our like, industry. First of all, it would have to, you know, like all unions are like regional, you know what I mean? Like for the most part, I'm pretty sure like right. there's like a. Or they have deals. teachers union and right. there's like a Florida teacher. I think it would union. be the most connected or the most uh relatable to actors right because yeah. actors are like djs there's the biggest most famous ones there's yeah. just working actors down yeah. to extras they and i guess some studios will go out of union yeah. and hire but then they're but then they're not on good terms i i don't know how it all works but it seems like that's the clip yeah i was like trying to look at that like actors are the same as djs where every anyone can do it yeah, they all do it. Some people get paid, do it for free and exposure, and some people get paid a million dollars. You know, a yeah, minute. I, guess <laughs> I would have to like probably research sort of like yeah, I the know. Screen Actors Guild and, right. and the, the you know directors have a guild like all these guilds. Yeah, and how you would sort of like apply that to the DJ world, but I don't know. It just seems like it's not that feasible. I think maybe like if if, if they could try it somewhere, maybe in Vegas would be a good place to start. Right. You know, but I wonder if all the clubs would just be like, fuck you. We're just going to not yeah, hire of, a union. Of, of course they would. <laughs> Cause like business owners hate unions, you know, right. for the most part. So um, it's so interesting. You um, know, and is Tiesto going to be in the union? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, like, no, of course not. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I think, I think more importantly for DJs, like more importantly than the union, I think it's mostly about aware, like just education and like awareness. Right of like, you know, what we should be doing, like in terms of setting up like a retirement plan, paying your taxes, yes. like doing all that, like creating resources for DJs to be able to do all that. Because right. really that is, I think, the sort of the worst part of being like a DJ and being self-employed and like being an independent contractor is yeah. like, you don't get all those benefits of like working for a company right? where, you know, you. Like they're kind of handling a lot of that stuff for you. So really just like awareness. I think podcasts, all these things have like helped a lot, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's been like a great evolution in the DJ world is like just people talking more about these things and young DJs, even DJs that have been around for a while, like listen and like, oh, like, yeah, maybe I should like look into, you know, 401k or 
Right. You know, I've like, learned a lot just from doing yeah. this podcast and interviewing people. And yeah. then people have hit me up like, damn, thank you. You know, and yeah. and yeah, and even, you know, Dazzler and different people at BeatSource have been doing these classes for people, you know, to yeah. learn from. And I think that's all important. And who knows how it'll pan out. I'm a, you know, I'm I encourage it. I don't I'm not trying to be cynical about it. You know, yeah. I just wonder how the hell would you yeah. pull that off? <laughs> no, I don't think it's possible. Even like now that I'm thinking about it, like with film, it's like think about the budgets that are going into like film right. productions, you yeah. know what I mean? And like the, un, like to produce a TV show, produce a, like a, a movie. It's like, there's so many people involved. Like, of course you have to kind of have like yeah. unions and organization because like, it's just so many moving parts. Yeah, you know? that's true. With DJing, it's like, there's a booker at the club and like a DJ, yeah. a DJ and all these DJs are competing for like the same, like couple gigs or whatever it is. Right. One's going to undercut the other. Yeah. It's just like even in a, is, in a show yeah. there's a 100 actors, you know what I mean? There's not a yeah. 100 DJs. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> I guess at a festival, who knows? Yeah. Look, whoever can come up with an yeah. idea or pull it off, yeah. more power to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to discuss it more. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I just wondered if it, you know, like that's why I was thinking on the other side of things like and I've been trying to plan ways to connect people on the metaverse and crypto side of things cuz maybe there's there's ways with that and we're doing it through Twitch and building these communities. So maybe as we yeah, keep building I mean, if it, you build you know, like, like on Roblox or, um, yeah. And then seeing land my son do the, that on Roblox. And then I've been in Decentraland messing around and DJed in a casino yeah. and yeah. In those know. environments where it's like, you're kind of like, again, a part of the community yeah. and you're dictating the rules. It's easier to sort of say, okay, like the DJs that are playing on this platform have to make a certain amount or like, yeah. you kind of can like, I guess have a little bit more leverage right. in that way, but in the real world, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about like you said you're curating um the you're curating the DJs? That is that what you meant at Off Sunset? Oh yeah. So that new club is in the original Hyde space, which okay. if you're born and raised in LA, was a very special club. Yeah. Um oh my god. You know, kind of like the last of the Mohicans <laughs> club before social media and the internet. And bottle service kind of like became yeah this whole huge thing. I mean, we they had bottle service, but like it wasn't it was like, different. Yeah, anyone could just come and buy a table. Like you had to know yeah Brent or Jen or AM totally. or whoever was like DJing there. So they they reopened the club. It was dark for a long time. It was like yeah, I don't know, like well because they made maybe. the more big yeah, mega they, club of Hyde yeah, down the they, street. They expanded Hyde to the bigger just one be across a normal the street. Club. Then they have the one at Staples Center. Right. They have the one in Miami. It's a brand this, now. It's a huge, yeah, like worldwide brand. And uh, they have the hotels, Hyde Hotels now too. Oh, wow. But I it all that. started in this one, you know, tiny hundred room. person room. Tiny, yeah. So they just, they reopened it um, in August of 2021. Okay. And um, my buddies, a few of my buddies are like the partners there. Okay. And we really kind of set out to create some of that like magic from that from those days, you know, yeah. starting with no, no social media. So like when you walk in, they put stickers on the cameras on your phones. So you can't actually <laughs> right. film. And if like they see you filming, like you just like won't be invited back. It's, it's very right. strict guest list only. I've seen a couple people post pictures from yeah. that. I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you can't like fully hundred percent regulate it, but like, yeah. you Once know, you Dave Chappelle, it like put it in that magnetic yeah. Uh, pouch. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just kind of like when people get there, it's like, okay, so it's like 
let's just have a good time and like yeah. listen to the music, have some drinks and like socialize. Right. And if not you just go with the rules, you will have a better time. Yeah, it's yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. So so that you know started with that, and then as far as like the music goes, we just like again, it's a hundred person room, so it's not like there's no like big dance floor. It's basically like all tables. Yeah, and we just really wanted to create a space for people with you know good taste high musical iq creatives um whether it's artists songwriters um actors you know like i, I won't even name names but like some very you know a-list dudes that haven't been haven't gone out in a long time yeah. that don't go out because they don't like being photographed and they don't like people filming them in the club and all that stuff right have been coming and even telling me thanks so much for this music it reminds us of when we were going out in LA in the, you know, that's great. Like what kind days. of stuff are you playing? Like, and by the way, I play the whole night. So like whenever no. I'm DJing, I play the whole night and any DJs that I book there, it, there's no openers. Like, right. It's not how it is. Like, because that's what it used to be like there though. And it was yeah. fun. Cause you set the whole night up. You had new music. You just got, you wanted to share with yeah. people. You had remixes. You did, you had everything. And you, and you really just have to build the vibe of the night. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, by story. 1 a.m., you are, like, just as in touch with the night as the crowd rather yeah. than, like, all right, I'm about to jump yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're telling a story, you know, and you're just, like, building. You got to ease into it. I mean, that's yeah. what DJing really is all about. I mean, until, like, we got these big stages and stuff where you're just, like, going on at 1 a.m. and just fucking confetti and all right. that shit like we talked about. But there, it's been very much classic hip-hop, 80s, funk, like, early on, like, just, like, funk, soul. Um, classic rock, um, disco, um, like classic pop records, just yeah. like nostalgic fun. Oh man, fun I love stuff. it. I gotta come. Through. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's and the, we're very specific with the format, and really, it's only like a handful of DJs that have been playing there, and people love it. You know, I run into people that don't even know that I'm doing the music there, and like, you know, well, the name will come up, and like, oh, I just I love the music there. Like, it's so refreshing you yeah know, to not hear the same 60 songs you hear everyone everywhere else yeah and yeah we do still play like new music like i play new music there too of but, course yeah but but i, I understand it's the same way we used to do it you you do it at the right time and place in the right yeah. way and yeah and um I, it's been great it's been really fun it's like been fun for me because i get to just like play in one place and you know not have to like worry about playing in all these different clubs and right. like inviting people yeah. and dealing and the with different set. Oh, at this yeah. spot, they do this at this spot. They do exactly. This. And like, you know, it's just been great to be able to sort of have a place where I can really, um, showcase, you know, like what the, what I feel yeah. music should be in a, yeah. in a city like LA right. where you, where you have a lot of like really, tasteful cool people that used to go out all the time yeah and now it's like very rare i mean it's like you have these parties like shaba and like that party you were talking yeah about. electric fields there's all these yeah. these themed parties that are yeah. super dope you yeah know? And, and and that's and the cool kids are going to those parties. yeah you're they right want to go to like this bottle service no. and stuff. and there's so. not that many bottle service clubs i mean they've been taken yeah. over by pretty yeah. much you know just one or two companies in a way or, yeah and that's the thing is that the and the, they do a great job for people that want to experience that and have never yeah. experienced that but if you've already been through all that and you don't you want the other yeah. thing then this this venue's like a happy medium it's kind of it has the bottle service and, yeah. and it still gets that 
energy of if like I feel that same energy that I would feel if I was playing at like a bigger club in LA. Right. But it's like just a little bit more like tasteful. It's a little bit like less about yeah the sparklers and like right you know like playing like the biggest newest rap songs. It's just like almost like a time warp. Right. Go there and you're just like, okay, I'm going to like hear some shit I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. You know, we like taking risks and like not, it's no pressure. That's the thing. Like when you play for in a big club and are sort of like expected to play all the hits and like really, you know, stick to that like top 40 format. Yeah. It's kind of like it puts pressure on DJs to like not take risks. Yeah. You know? Right. Like there I'm like, I want to play a tribe called quest song at, 115 i'm gonna do it yeah you know what i mean right and people are gonna love it and that's just like such a cool thing to me and that's and great. we've really like stuck with that you know um yeah and we'd love to have you come play because you would totally like yeah. get it you know I'm, I'm gonna yeah we'll figure that love out to. when <laughs> when we finish for this. sure yeah what um man so that sounds like one of the coolest uh new clubs in la yeah. um the other thing I feel like you always know about, just judging from your Instagram, is like the best new sandwich places. Like, oh man, <laughs> what's the new spot that I need to try? New spot? I don't know. You're Ooh. always posting some crazy sandwich. Where I'm like, I need to find that. <laughs> I mean, I still Larchmont. Yeah, Larchmont's um, the spot. Still, my like the bread there, I think, is still the best. Yes. Um, all about the bread. All about the bread and Bay Cities. Bay you know, Cities, they got, of course, but you know that's. I saw you Basically. post in some other place. I didn't go though. What was it? Carla's? Oh no, that Daughter's Deli. Oh, uh, Daughter's Deli is that's incredible. The spot. So, yeah, it's, it's the Langers. It's the daughter, daughter of Langers, the person yeah. from Langers, right? Yeah. yeah, it's right in West Hollywood, so it's close to like I going to Langers is just such a mission. But oh my god, I Langers know. is classic. Langers, By the way, yeah, Greenblatt's, which is right next to Offset. Yes, I was going to mention that uh, the club. It's out of business. Yeah, well, it's not even out of business. It's um, I guess the owners of that building like just were over because i think the the owners of the building also owned green greenblatts or something oh. i want to say and they were just like the whole building's like connected it. like the laugh factory yeah. and hide and, and the, they were just like kind of over like running it i think it was just well the I, pandemic i would I assume it's probably just because it's so hard to find employees now and stuff yeah totally. and they're just like you know what that like, sucks screw Those it my whole you life, know? like, I was going there. Yeah, the Greenblatts was incredible. And, and now, especially because I'm, like, next door so much at that club, you know, like, not having that there I like, know. sucks. You're like, let's go get yeah. a pastrami sandwich. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Crazy. Uncle Polly's, too, is good. Oh, Uncle Polly's. Yeah. Yo, I live in uh, the Valley now, so yeah. we're about to get one, like, yeah. right down the street they're from my house. Crazy. I, he was actually just at the club. He was just at Off Sunset. We were talking about it. He just opened who one, uh which Polly. oh okay yeah he was uh they just opened one on third street and right crescent heights like I, right by the car wash right there i saw that's yeah. so dope and then there's one with a sign up in studio city i drive by it every day and i'm like please open yeah. i met one of the other dudes uh from there um his instagram's rose rosenberg or whatever mm-hmm. but uh i forgot his name john yeah, uh, but I met him at he was at Electric Fields uh, hanging with Mike B and he we all knew all the same people. I'm like, how do I not know you? So yeah, yeah, that whole um, crew's like been in the mix. Yeah, um, from New York too. Like, right, a lot of the New York guys, like him and Jesse, go way back. Right. Okay. Paulie and Jesse. Yeah, Uncle Paulie's is uh, yeah. that's the spot. And I mean, now everyone just wants to wear their hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, Travis Scott started 
wearing. It's like John merch. and Vinny's yeah. and Uncle Polly's are like the food places yeah. to have their clothes yeah. on. Ever since Jay Z and yeah. Travis. By the way, Scott. I love f- like restaurant merch. I think the best. I, I always, I always buy yeah. any restaurant that I really fuck with. They have merch. Like always buy. I know. Even I JCO. It. Shout out to JCO. He opened yeah. a pizza place, Gorilla I Pies. I still need to go there. Oh, you gotta go. I still it's need great. to go there. But I have his shirt. Uh, I, I'll wear it on the next podcast. I always wear it around. You know, people yeah. are like, is that a real spot? I'm like, yes. You yeah. gotta go. Yeah, restaurant merch is is the it's best. The best. Yeah. <laughs> restaurant merch or like, like. Merch from like an island or something <laughs> like yeah, Hanalei, yeah, yeah. Kauai, exactly, or something yeah. like that. Amazing. Well, yo, I mean, uh, I gotta get back and uh, let my wife go out to dinner and and hang out with my son and yep. show him, uh, you get know, him highlights. Back, get him back in the in the metaverse. I gotta get him back. In the, he, I'm sure he's yeah. in the metaverse right this yeah. second. I'm sure he's home and doing some sort of Roblox. He's been teaching me all about it. Like I was like, damn, I knew some, but I'm like. Wow. Now I see where all yeah. it made me want to buy stock in Roblox too, you know, yeah. because I'm like, this is the future. I mean, it's insane. Well, now that you mention it, I'm gonna look into it because um Yo, all his coin, friends right? you could like buy the coin. You can buy Robux, but no, they they're in the stock market. Oh, it's publicly traded. Yeah, it's public. Oh, okay. It's not crypto at all. Yeah. It's the opposite of web three crypto, even though it is the metaverse, you know, yeah. like it, it's all this shit is crazy. Like I'm supposed to I'm gonna I'm gonna become an avatar i'm sending all these pictures of myself to these people in berlin and there's this company yabal and they're gonna do um a music festival in mm-hmm. the metaverse they've built this thing i went in it looks like it looks like Fortnite. it's a massive world yeah. and he's like you can fly over there and your club's gonna be in that it's island built on roblox no it's oh. built in his own thing it's called yabal and it's gonna be they're gonna have this music festival and i'm gonna be an avatar and i'm gonna dj in this room so in this place and uh we were talking today about it and um it's gonna be this summer but it's um you know there they you have to get a nft wristband that you mint on polygon and it's super cheap too it's like not that's the thing everyone's all greedy in the nft world now but it's like maybe 30 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. it is and then it tr- it triggers like if you have that on your avatar in the metaverse in his metaverse and you have the nft then you're allowed to come in the club and watch me right. dj and it's nuts but that's the like i guess decentralized or i don't know if it would be called decentralized but the web 3 version but then there's roblox and even what facebook meta is building and um, fortnite you know that's all the other side of it but roblox you can buy the stock if you believe in it i think that's I mean, now i'm gonna look into it if that's all the little kids are well, doing so yeah. all of his friends they're trading with each other they're playing it they play games how many pets do you have in pet simulator how oh, many oh, things do you have in this and you know i want to build a business and i'm going here and and you know he went into the lebron james world and he was trying to get the shoes and he was excited when he got the shoes and that's when i was like telling my wife i'm like you need to design virtual clothes because our son is working to get virtual clothing right now like this is crazy Crazy. um and he has but you know he doesn't have a self-custody digital wallet for nfts it's like the roblox thing right you know and he's more hyped on like i want to get robux like he went to a kid's birthday party and bought him robux for the present oh wow and the kid was hyped on it and then the kid gets to go in and spend the robux how he wants you know so so all the kids are on roblox yeah i mean at least all these kids you know that i've seen i feel like that's a fun part of like being a dad like a young dad yeah who's like you're you know like you're very tech savvy and you're still very active with your own stuff is you kind of get this like perspective from kids that like no one else like i don't hang out with like 
Right. How, how old is he? He's nine. So, nine, yeah, you know, so. and that's why a lot of my friends that don't understand, like, oh, he must be on TikTok all day. I'm like, hell no. I would never yeah. let him look at TikTok. You know yeah. what I mean? He's nine. Like, yeah. he's still a little kid. You know, like yeah. TikTok's way older. Yeah. But um, now you can kind of just use. But I get to see. Yeah, but he that. is starting to know. Like he said, you know, he months ago was like. Yo, like put on NBA Young Boy uh, this song, Right Foot Creep. And yeah. I'm like, what is that? And I put it on. He goes, everyone does the gritty to that. I'm like, what's the gritty? So, like, then we're learning how to do the oh dance, the gritty. Now, every Instagram and TikTok I see, people are putting on the, the NBA Young Boy song, doing the gritty, and like Ja Morant's doing it, and like yeah. every athlete. And even yesterday, my son's like, see, I told you about it. And I'm like, you did. There you, you go. Know, like, see? literally, you were so ahead of the he, game. He's ahead on And now, all the seeing trends. with Roblox, I'm like, okay, th this is where, this is why Mark Zuckerberg and all those people are like, we need to pivot to this because they're seeing that there's elements of it that will be. And then all the decentralized Web3 people want to do it for their own reasons. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I need to buy some Roblox stock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, um, I think, yeah. uh, you know, should probably get home and. Get yes. Some, get, get some more. Uh, I'm going to inside uh, scoop. I'm gonna get some inside scoop. Yeah. I'll tell you. And let me know. Uh, what, what let my wife go to dinner. To buy. Yeah. Amazing how the kids are going to be telling us what stocks to buy soon. Well, he wants to do that. I mean, my nephew yeah. has a thing called Stock Simulator or like the stock game. And yeah. he does crazy stock market moves that isn't real, but oh, he like learns from stocks. it. Yeah, it's yeah. fantasy stuff. Mm. And then my son's so into it. And my son, I'm like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he's like, I'm going to be a professional soccer player and a businessman. I'm like, oh, what? So that's what he wants to do. He's so, he loves Shark Tank. He loves these business things. I love that. He lo we were watching Storage Wars last night, and mm -hmm. he couldn't believe that they bought the storage space for $120 and yeah. made $850 by selling the dresser drawers and the Magic Johnson card they found, you know? And he was like, I got to see how much they're going to make, you know? I'm like, this is I mean, nuts. This gives me hope of, uh, you know, like kids aren't like doomed from all this digital crazy no. world we live in now. Like, not at all. We're, like we're not doomed at you've all. Been, it, you've been raising Jude in like a yeah. cool way where it's like, you know, you give them the it's freedom all of to it. do a lot of exactly stuff, but also and everyone wants everything to be black and white and kids suck. Everything sucks. Music's stupid. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yesterday, what did he do? He watched a video on YouTube. He probably played on Roblox with his friend. Then we went to the park. We played basketball for an hour. You know what I mean? It's like everything yeah. is, it's all over the place. We watched American Idol, which was actually so much fun to watch with him because he's starting to see, you know, people trying out and he's like, they're a good singer. They're not. Yeah. And Love that. you know, you just, it's all of it. Like life is just constant evolution. And I don't think anything has died off or DJs are done or hip hop sucks. Like everything is dope. Teaching him about diggable planets was really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm sure his music taste is going to be very good. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> he can sing scenario all the way and he yeah. can sing NBA young boy. That's and crazy. some people are going to be pissed at me that I play him that, but it's like, I want him to yeah. feel the freedom, you yeah. know, to have yeah. all of it. And one day he might want a DJ and one day he might not, <laughs> but I do want to teach it to him just for like, yo, just in case you need to make money, you can go play at a bar. If you got this yep. skill, exactly. <laughs> You know, yep. but yo, yo, thank you for being the second, uh, for being the first guest to come on for a yep. second time. Really appreciate it. Yep. And pleasure. so good thank to catch you. up with you and, you know, hear about all the stuff you've been working on. And is there anything else you want to talk about that people should look out for that you have coming soon? Like that remix and stuff like um, that? Yeah. Nothing in particular. Just, you know, okay. I guess 
you know, just my socials, just kind of like pay attention of whatever yeah. I'm posting on there, I guess. Yeah, so pay attention really to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, music and I don't know, all different types of yes. things on the horizon. So right. thanks for having me again. Of course, yeah. man. Anytime. We got it. We're going to, you're going to be the third guest too. I'm oh, sure. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in two more years, will there be a whole new pandemic? Ho hopefully no more <laughs> pandemics. Oh my God, please. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, DJ Politic, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone check him. That's his uh, at on all the socials. Thank you. And uh, thank Appreciate you. Yep. All right, I'll see, see you soon. at Off Sunset yep. uh, tomorrow yep. night. Let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about that right after this. Yes. All right, peace. All right, thank you, Politic, for coming on the show. That was so much fun getting to catch up with you again and hear what you've been doing and talk about what we think the future holds and, and all that. I learned a lot, as always. Uh, thank you guys, the Beat Sourcers, for tuning in week after week. Make sure you rate and review the podcast and uh, send me a message on Instagram if you want to talk to me at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R. Thank you to Beat Source. The 20 podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.